cliffcentral.com Yo, I put it like wow, this that sound These oaks don't work hard like me, I hope they know by now Bayo Bab, stand my ground Throw these money trees, go overseas like Percy Tao I make sure you stay around, quiet when I'm under loud No negatives allowed, me positivity took a vow I always play to win don't anticipate loss. Mind always in the clown, my boy. Never think about the drop. Never, ever, ever think about the drop. Welcome to it, sports fans. It is a false Friday. It's a false Friday. It's it's not quite playing up front. It's not the real thing. It's not the real deal. But it's like the real deal. Uh, South Africans are going to jump straight into it. I've made the big mistake of trying to book a holiday on this weekend. Everything costs 11,000 times more. So I'll probably just be staying in my bathroom because that is where my budget is. But it is Thursday. It is Heritage Weekend. It is Bry Weekend for some people. Call it whatever you want. Just be decent to yourselves. Um, ladies and gentlemen, it feels good. It feels good to have an extra day off. Uh, I may walk around my house naked. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, now, that is not a sight I wish to share with anybody. But I'm just letting you know what could happen. Shout out to Richard Spoor, who recently uh, had his photo go uh, viral after being uh, an international lawyer for a long time. And now his tackle is in public. Uh, the internet will not forgive. Speaking of gentlemen uh, and the human beings that will not forgive, uh, one man who... Uh, used to roar with the oaks in the south, but now has moved uh, somewhere between the west and the north. I'm not too sure actually what he classifies himself as, as uh, he once had a family member potentially uh, sort of jump over to the devil's side. Um, of course, a famous series came out that did better than Game of Thrones, uh, Devil's Dorp, and his family members uh, lived or worked across the way, I believe, from where the devil is operating in the very next complex. Ladies and gentlemen, the president of all things Portuguese, Paulo Diaz. There's a there, yeah. There, I'm not into that hashtag. Nah, the James James does it to trigger. I, I don't know why it's there. That is triggering. <laughs> that's hashtag triggering. West that's, Ham. That, that there, that's a nonsense hashtag. That. Nonsense. Yeah, I, I, I mean rubbish. James, since your mic is on and I can hear it, um, just your thoughts on the hashtag. Um, yeah, you've obviously done that for a bit of uh, effect. <sighs> Thursday, it's a long weekend. I'm excited. All right. <laughs> what Last I want to know. Great. You will notice, James, is there's very little light in that room. Why is James's light off? Is he being load shed or is he being punished or is he punishing someone? James, well, what is the story there? I mean, you, you seem to, to actually be in the dark, living your life in the dark. You shouldn't live your life in the dark. Because he thinks darkness uh, is his ally. <laughs> I, I, um, I'm actually wearing no pants at the moment. Okay. The All spear. right. You can mute your mic. They call him the toothpick, not the spear. <laughs> <laughs> the, the toothpick of the nation. A man who uh, was impersonating uh, Dali Tambo this morning, and it's absolutely hilarious. Uh, I have to tell you. Um, I'm not sure if he'll do it on air, but uh, Senzo Tebe is here, ladies and gentlemen, and he's already on fire. Senzo, what's happening, pal? Welcome, Bolero, to people of the south. <laughs> Give him a cushion. Remember, Dali Tambo used to do that. Yes, yeah, cushion. Cheap ass gifts. Of course, you must claim it. No, well, I mean, the copy is never as good as the original. We gave the original an airport. And the other, you, you know, every airport needs, it needs like, where all the weaves get stored at an airport. We put Dali there, but the real deal is the whole airport. Oliver. Reginald. Thambu. Nazo. And, um, Senzo, how are you doing? Because you seem to be on fire. I'm on fire. 
up in here. It's burning hot. We on fire. You don't know that song? <laughs> I don't know that song. Uh, who's that? Jerul? I've been oh here for an hour, goodness. a half an hour. Yeah. I don't think I've heard Senzo speak in his normal voice once. He's doing accents, impersonations, singing. I haven't heard a speaking voice. Oh, sure. Yeah. Alrighty then. <laughs> it carries on. Huh? So, is it, what's today? Just meme, meme Thursday. For no, you, meme false Friday. No, it's West Ham hashtag. I mean, let's discuss that. No, uh, no, no. That's West all. Ham. That's not up for discussion. If you don't want to, I'll gladly jump in. Paolo, don't give them airtime. I'm ready. All right, we'll talk about it on the other side uh, because we've got plenty uh, to to get on with today. City, City, Chelsea, we'll look forward to that. Uh, There's another game in North London that's happening. Uh, You know, we'll give that (laughs) two minutes. Uh, And then we have a new feature today, which I cannot wait for. It is going to be absolutely cracking. I'm looking forward to that. And then in hour two, we've got Coach Kerry Keating. And uh, yeah, we'll talk all things American sports. And uh, there's plenty on the bill there as well. Leo Messi, by the way, getting subbed off by his fellow countrymen. Uh, <laughs> a real situation. I want, I want to discuss that in the second hour. Uh, really looking forward to that. Remember, if you are joining us for the first time, click that one. That's like. And by the way, subscribe if it's your first time uh, joining the MKT show on Cliff Central Sport. If you are looking for the podcast, cliffcentral.com, the Cliff Central app, um, or wherever you may get your podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, plenty coming up on the other side. Cliffcentral.com. The Irons, they will get you. They will get you. You know, once it goes from young boys, goes to East London, goes straight to the heart. Two gentlemen here that have uh, supported Manchester United, I imagine, since uh, the age of birth. And here we are now. Crying. Never Crying. Meant, it was never meant to end. They promised us that it never end. <laughs> We're presidents for life. It's a lie. <laughs> and to, here we are. To quote a man that you know very well. <laughs> yeah. To call is not to seize. Doesn't help us. Did you watch the game? Probably. You know, the... It wasn't... I got a lot of thoughts on it. I got a lot of thoughts here. So, here's the thing I think. So, firstly, <laughs> Martial, it's getting painful now. It's... You, you, you know what I mean. It's gone beyond... It's sort of like watching a punch-drunk boxer. It's not even the yips. I think he's gone. He's completely... Must totally... I, he's out of it, right? Must I tell you what, it is, what we say? That's shame, Skepsel. Skepsel? Wow. Ah, translate shame. for me. Skepsel. I'm glad you asked that, Paolo. How do you translate Skepsel? Ah, shame. Nah. It's not enough. But I, because that's how I feel. I, you know what? I'm not even angry with Marshall. It used to irritate me. You know what? I actually feel sorry for him because it's painful watching who, obviously a decent human being, yes. suffer in public like that. He can't do your basic job. It's actually painful to watch. So it's almost like let him go for the sake of it. I had this thing of like we're better players than him. Like Lukaku and Memphis were given 18 months, two years. He's given a lot of time. But it's painful now. Uh, Alex Tellez, uh, ex-footballer, part-time footballer, full-time um, Despacito tribute act singer. He looks like he's going to like break out in Des- Despacito with Justin Bieber at any minute. You reckon? Anyway, Shane, that is a man who looks like he's not played football for eight months. I mean, that is straight up. And then Donny van der Beek, next time his agent wants to mouth up about him not getting any chances, 
It's like, please watch this 90 minutes and tell me what you did. It's exactly what we said two weeks ago. Neat, tidy, no yeah. mistakes. Yes. But nothing. It's so, you're very vanilla. Very vanilla, right? You don't be surprised when you as a manager, as Solskja, Solskja is not a tactical guy. Yeah. His idol's Ferguson. Ferguson wasn't tactical. Yeah, yeah. Tactics bored Ferguson. He gave it to other guys. Yeah. Solskja is not Guardiola from the school of Bielsa and Cruyff where he's going to, yeah. you know. Yeah. Mm. Just put on the best players and let them sort it out, right? Yeah, yeah got you. And seven games out of ten, Ronaldo or Bruno or Pogba or Rashford or Greenwood will do something. Yeah. One of them will do something and settle the game. Awesome. But in games like yesterday, you need a manager to, I don't know, make a sub, move someone in, switch this around, drop someone deeper, just to think that, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. In those games, we will never win. Yeah. Because Solskjaer cannot manage a game. So don't be upset when you're a manager who relies on five players to win your games and none of those five players start. Got you. You mm. lose. I don't think Solskjaer is in any position to ignore the League Cup. Yeah. If Ferguson and Wenger started it because they were in the Champions League, only the top two mm. went to the Champions League then. They didn't have these big squads. Yep. They didn't have the time. Mm-hmm. So they ignored it. The past 10 winners of the... League Cup. You know who they are? They've been serious teams. City's won six. Yeah. United won. Chelsea won. Liverpool won. Swansea won. Right? Shout so the big teams. teams are taking it seriously. Yeah. Because they've got the squads. Naturally, City mm. should win. Because yes. they've got a first 20. You know? yes. So naturally, they should win. <laughs> when you're a manager who's going three years now without a trophy, you've got to take that seriously. I know. And you've got a squad. That squad, yes, there was half a billion. There were, everyone who came on was a full yeah. international. Yeah. This is not the days of playing the academy. Right? Yeah. Solskjaer with Sancho, you and I spoke last year when yeah. Sancho was being linked. And I said, Sancho and a signing like that sinks a manager. Yeah. Because you don't need him. You don't know what to do with him. But you, now you've got to play him. Yeah. You wanted him. Yeah. Solskjaer doesn't have one of those because he doesn't know what to do with Sancho. Sancho, give him time. He's a kid. Like, yeah. He's never played Premier League. Mm-hmm. You've got Ronaldo. You've got Bruno. You've got Varane. You've got... These four players now who you don't 100% know what to do with Ronaldo and Sancho. Yeah. You don't know what to do with them and they demand better, right? Guess who Ronaldo's turning the pressure up on next? Because this is not about Ronaldo not eating cakes and having dessert, right? (laughs) This is about Ronaldo and Varane and Sancho who've had elite level coaching. Yes. Ancelotti, Deschamps, Zidane. Yeah. Mm -hmm. These are Ferguson. Tuchel. Tuchel. These are elite level. Uh, Sancho wasn't a Tuchel, right? Mm -hmm. wasn't a... Tuchel. Yeah. All these guys have had elite level coaching. And they're going, I know what it takes to win. Not me. Yeah. I know what it takes for teams to win. You're not it. Now, the rest of the squad love Solskjaer because they got post-traumatic stress from Mourinho. Right? Yeah. As long as not Mourinho, we're happy. Mm. But eventually, you know, we're 25 years old. The best years of our career. We won things. These guys who've won everything are saying, that's not how you get to it. Mm-hmm. And that pressure starts boiling this side. When I say Solskjaer, if you can't be good, be lucky. Yeah. His biggest luck is playing half his career in front of empty Old Trafford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Cups. Yes. Old Trafford's not vitriol. Yeah. But trust me, in 70,000 people, 15,000 make noise. It's a lot of noise. Yeah, yes. got you. And that 15,000 needs to start putting pressure. So suddenly those games, like West Ham and the games you don't win, you know, take out the Newcastle. Because we played terribly this season. Yeah. We've sure. not played well. We've not played well this season. Leeds... We're no show, right? Yeah. We've not played well this season. 
And suddenly it's not going to go, hold on a second. Elite players going, you're not elite. Fans going, mm. and then your middle sector of the players, which is his bulk, going, hold on a second, we want to win things. Are you the guy? So every time he comes out, oh, it's football, you win some, it's ups and downs. Dude, either become a better manager yeah. or get a better post-game scriptwriter. <laughs> but, but I was saying this, I was saying this. Solskjaer is not ruthless. He's not decisive. And for the player he was, it surprises you. But, I mean, you, you've said it, right? Is that if he's, uh, like, if you're the guy, you're the guy. Unfortunately, there's nothing you can do to make Alex, uh, uh, Ollie, Fergie. Not, I don't mean in the terms of the, the uh, tactical, whatever. Forget that stuff. But Fergie's that guy. And yeah. if you're going to go with this route that he's gone, is then you've got to have Quiroz and Mike Phelan and... And, and those guys, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you're not going to be the tactics guy, like you said, I mean, Carlos Queiroz, Real Madrid, Man well, United, went through like Steve Brian Clark, Kidd, right? Steve McLaren, yes. Karaj. Uh, you guys deal with that. Rene Melistin. The best. Mm. You guys handle that. I'm not, and none of them had the capacity to be first team, to be a top level coach. They yeah. all failed. Mike yeah. Phelan. Yeah. Steve McLaren. Let's not forget Steve McLaren as well. And you guys do that. I'm not interested in it. Yeah. I'll deal with it. And Solskjaer's trying to replicate, but Solskjaer's not Ferguson. And yeah. and now it shows. Because it's getting painful. It, it is painful. It's why big banks and people call it elitist, but it's why big banks don't waste their time looking around. That Harvard Business School, UCT, you mm. go where the sharks mm. already are. This is what Man United are learning: is that there's a reason why Real Madrid looked around. Carlo, come home. There's a, there's so few of those guys, and yeah, the the Oli thing. I'm afraid I said it is it gets ugly because. You know what the the problem for probably all of Manchester now is that okay it was City and Chelsea's fault for a while for out overspending blah 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 outspending United blah 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 but now unlike any other manager he's had the two dream things in any part of life the resources and the time so every other manager yeah. okay they didn't buy his players mm. you know Van Gaal the personality didn't mm. work. Ali's been embraced by the fans purely because it's gotten so low after eight years or seven years, or whatever. That's bought him time. Mm-hmm. He's now had what is it, four windows? Is it four? He's, on, he's going on to three seasons now. Three, three seasons. seasons. So that's four, six four. windows. That's four windows. Yeah, or six if you include some. This, this is his team. This is yeah, his team. Is There's his nobody team. in that squad that's not. He's decided to keep, even yeah. if he didn't sign them. He's yeah. decided to keep them. You can't be poor with that. We'll accept mediocre now. Like last night, I haven't. To be honest, I haven't seen the game. But you can't be that. It, it was. It was it no was chan- No chances made. Again, this running theme. We don't create chances. It, it was Greenwood atrocious. was the first one to have a real aggressive as he would comes on, turns some pace. West Ham are poor. Yeah, they poor. I've watched them two games now. As a fan, I'd be worried because they look leggy, and maybe they're playing themselves in. Yeah, West Ham are poor. Tidy, neat, yes. do everything well, poor. But let me tell you this, right? The fact that we've got guys like Phil Jones still on the payroll after 20 months of no-show. Yeah. What's going on with Phil Jones, uh, Paulo? You're going to have that at every club. You yeah. know what I mean? Every club's got a guy who's never been... Phil Jones was never what he was promoted as. You yeah. know, I think when we, you, I remember seeing him at Blackburn and you saw a kid very similar to like Duffy 
and, mm, and Lewis mm. Dunk at Brighton now. Mm, yeah, okay, mm. that you would wow. That is elite level. And to come in, I mean, for Ferguson to say this guy could be our best player ever, it, I mean, that doesn't help, right? No, because yeah. it doesn't help because he never was going to be. No, he's always going to be a competent centre back. Every club's got a player who's just with injuries, you know. Sure. And I think I feel for Phil Jones because he's a meme because he pulls funny faces and <laughs> and things like that. But it's like. I do feel for him. Phil Jones is the least of our problems, to be honest with you. Um, it, every club's got that guy. And I look at, at Chelsea, because City, you've almost got it. City have got, Guardiola is extraterrestrial, right? Yeah. It's just, you yeah. cannot worry about that level of manager mm. because he's just that top 10 of all time, yeah. right? Yeah. So so don't even, it is what it is, yeah. right? Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, but you look at someone like Chelsea, who you're going, you know what? Need to run like a business. So they need to make money. This is a benefactor. Yeah. Need to run like a business. But they've got a plan. Efficient. Ruthless. Yeah. Organized. Everything's done right. And it goes, why can't we be like that? It's just, it's a why, why, why not? And we had a major head start over them. Yeah. And it's gone very consolidated. This is what we are. It's just frustrating to watch with Soska. And he, like mm. I said, he's not going anyway. Because Woodward in his last few months is not pulling the trigger. Yeah. And yeah. the next guy's not pulling the trigger. So the guy gets another season and a half, unless Old Trafford goes ballistic, yeah. which they won't because there's a core called Ole Sexuals who are going to, you know, who, they are, they're on Twitter, they're called Ole Sexuals. I love it. And no matter what he does is right, but it's just the guy, mm. Soshka, don't tell me what you're telling me because I watch these games, my friend. I know what I see. It's diabolical, eh? I know what I see. You're blessed because you've got now an 11 of where at least eight of them get into every team in the world, mm. I dare you to say at least eight of our squad walk mm. into every elite side, at least one or two of them. Yeah. There's eight guys you can pick from. Yeah. Walk into anyone from Bayern Munich down. Yeah. City included. Don't tell me what I'm seeing is right. Don't tell me. Don't tell me that. I, I, it's You're lying. You're just at a point <laughs> where you are lying. And I can't deal with that. Do you know what it is? You keep waiting for United to turn the corner. Keep waiting. Yeah. And waiting. And waiting. Yeah. And waiting. It's, been, it's, it's year nine now since 2003. So we're going to what? Season nine, year eight. It's ugly. It's ugly because you're not, you're not better now than you were under Mourinho. Yeah. Under Moyes. You're yeah, not. Because I don't know what's... Under Moyes. I don't care. I'll say it. Yeah, because also, you don't know... That's... Yeah, you also don't know what style of football we're trying to play. Hold it there. And you've made the point for me there in what you're saying. When you're saying that, at some stage, we need to look at Manchester United as a whole, right? We, we can't... In a, in a juggernaut like that, it's, it's not just Ollie's fault. There's no, there's no way. Because too many things have to be taken care of in order for things to go this badly. And you can see at Arsenal now, it's really unraveling. Mm. Because... The thing about elite spaces, it's like if you go and work at uh, uh, Discovery or uh, Fannie Mae or one of these banks, mm-hmm. right, is there's no excuse because the roof's not leaking. The internet works. Uh, Warren Buffett's going to connect you directly to their CT, you know, to their elite team. So you can never, there's no incompetent. Everyone went to Harvard, Brown. There's no excuses. And now Ollie's now finding out that he's really trying to do a PhD with a master's is that. But what's everyone else doing? And you, you know, you, you said it, Paolo, for me, is that at Chelsea, it's, it's very clear, and he's never changed what the business model is with Roman. Mm. I'm the business model. Eventually, it's like, you know, if somebody uh, le- like dumps you, right, but mm-hmm. they tell you the truth, it'll be painful. Nobody likes to be dumped. But if they were honest, 
after a year or two, you've kind of drowned your sorrows. You can go, all right, fair enough. At least they were straight with me. The problem with Man United now is I don't even know what Man United uh, resembles now. Like, are you that ruthless club? Because City are also clear. We are money bags. The, the owners stay in the background. Whatever the manager needs from Pellegrini, they've been very consistent. Mm-hmm. Even from Mark Hughes. Always. Yes, the managers yes, yes, always yes. go what they wanted. And we build a club for you. Mm. And we don't just support you here. In the board, who do you want? Remember, yeah. they kick Cook out because yes, yeah, Pep yes. said we, we, we need Catalonia without um, restrictions from Madrid here. Yes. I don't have to wear a yellow ribbon, but <laughs> yes. you, you see it looks like Catalonia in, in the boardroom. Is what at Manchester United is Manchester United now? I don't even know. And I, I think I love football and I've kind of been following it. Is mm. This is what happens when you lose greatness, though. You forget that when you hand it all to one person, and this was the fall of Rome, when it's all in one person's hands, mm-hmm. when he goes... When she goes, the two empires of modern-day football in England are Arsenal and Man United. And they are no different. It's just Man United has a trillion dollars more. Mm-hmm. It's just clearer for us to see it's a bigger brand. We care more. But the parallels between Arsenal and Man United, if you actually look closely, it's so scary. It's the same well, they, thing. they straddled generations. It's and this... I, I think it was the timing of it. They, they straddled that move from the old sort of way football was with yeah. the different ways of making money and local industries mm. owning to becoming these multi-million empires and was facilitated by one man. Your point is phenomenal is that United actually is an elite organization, right? Yeah. You may not like the Glazers. Those guys aren't billionaires by accident, right? You may not like the way they run your football club. Yep. They are outrageously successful business. Yes. Woodward, we may not like him. We don't like him. That man is an outrageously successful man. Yep. Outrageously, mm. right? Yes. In the financial world, he's outrageously successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is elite. And already has offers from what I've read. Uh, yeah. Obvious. Yeah. He, yeah. Was all go- he was always going to. Yeah. Every player on that squad is elite. They are all internationals. Yeah. Only Dalo is a squad and one Bissaka. Okay, right? Yes. Everyone else in that squad is an international mm-hmm. if they're fit. Yeah. Okay. What's Ole? Ole gets fired tomorrow. Who's bottom of the Premier League today? Newcastle. Uh, Norwich. Norwich. And Norwich, yeah. Not even Norwich take Ole. Not even the top 10 in the championship take Ole. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're talking right. 30, 29 right. other clubs, Great at one. least. I don't even think... The, no, we, Norway's national team don't take Ole. No way. No Your way. top three clubs Norway. in Norway don't take Norway. Ole. So, you hey, know what I'm saying? He is brutal. not elite in an elite organ. You may not like the way they do things. Yes. You may not like the players. Everybody is elite but him. You know, sure. in something as big as Man United, and I think we're going to this point, is in all of them, there's a reason Buffett still stays around at Berkshire Hathaway. As much as he's probably got the hundred smartest investors working at Berkshire Hathaway and he's paying them ridiculous, is that I'm still around. Uh, excuse me, ladies, gentlemen, uh, we're going this way. This like, is what we do. I don't feel at Man United like who's pointing the direction, especially for something that big. Is you you really need someone to get. You, you, you know, hands are on the throat. I'm not listening to anyone. Here's the direction we're going. You don't have to like but, it. If not, but no, have you, no sorry. go ahead. Sorry, go but ahead. have you seen when we make substitutions? Like there's like five people standing up in the technical team. You don't know who the guy is. It's, it's Michael Carrick's me- listening to beats it's, now. He's got his headphones in. Oh, has he got the sponsor? People, no. people are on He's the iPad. Dead. Yeah, and then Mike Feeling stands up and he, I don't know what Mike Feeling's doing. He's there. like Mike Feeling his vibes. Throwback to the good old days. There's no one at United <laughs> because no, one's, no one wants to stick their head up anymore. Everyone above Ole is petrified yeah. because they've taken the heat. Woodward's destroyed. Woodward is an outstanding businessman. Yeah. 
Not for football rights, I get it. His reputation's gone. Yeah. Oh, he won't care. He'll walk into a bank tomorrow. He's, he's not worried about no, United. No. Forget about it. Yeah, I'll probably buy United within your next... <laughs> but none of those guys <laughs> want to stick their head up. So Solskjaer becomes the totem. Solskjaer takes everything. Yeah. And what's frustrating me about him, anyone can football, whatever, he's now lying to you. He's now telling you you're seeing things. So he's, he's, a, he's a fraud. Seeing. You're not... Are you going, but you're saying things that aren't happening. You're just talking nonsense now. Boy, it, oh boy. It's, it's, he's not going anywhere. Accepted. We'll win a lot of games. Yeah, you will. We'll, you know, shame. Poor United. Top of the, you know, joint top of the league. Shame. Got poor United. But it's about winning. And when it comes to April, May, we're not in the conversation that's at the, all. That's the bottom line. Because at all. Like you know, you see the teams that are contending that they bracket putting us with. All of those teams are cutthroat. It has to. Um, you know what, Paulo? You work. You you work in a business. I imagine uh, some of the executive members. One of the things I'd imagine you'd appreciate. And Senzo, you went to uh, St. David's. James went to Saints. Is one of the things about all elite organisations that I've observed. The directions from the leader. So there, there's a. You don't have to like him. And I've always said, at the very sharp end. I don't mean the good. At the very very sharp end. You must do two things to your leader. And he must, he or she must possess this. You must fear them a little bit. And you must hate them a little bit. Because at some stage, mm. they will do something that is against your personal desires. I don't feel like Ollie's ever going to go against, like, how's everyone feeling? Because with Fergie, it was clear. There is power there. There is fear there. Mm. And he's going to do something that Quentin Fortune hates. Yeah, you need that to drive you to get you there on time Ole, every day. Because Ole, like, it feels like everything is like, what? So what do you think, guys? It feels like your mm. grandmother mm. making you lunch. You, you know how your parents? So do you like it? Your parents will say, "Here's what's for supper." Ollie feels like, "What do you, <laughs> you want? want?" Yeah. <laughs> what chocolate. do you think, guys? Sure. Yeah, chocolate for breakfast. <laughs> oh, it's good. Yes. Hey. Yeah. And then surprise when you're fat. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like I I liken it to to this situation. It's like. When you're a kid, right? Yeah. And you say you're hungry. Mm. And your parents give you a hundred bucks. Yeah. And you go buy sweets. Yeah. With, with Oli. He's like, man, United, it's weird. It's weird. And I love it. It's hashtag West Ham. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's West, hashtag West Ham. Damn it. Jimbo, let's go, buddy. Let's go. Let's go, big guy. <laughs> they got him. They got him, buddy. <laughs> can, can can you guys hear me? Yes. Yes, so, Rip, yes. Um, I just, I noticed how last night when I sent a message on the group, everyone was miraculously just asleep or not on their phones. It's going to happen. Yeah. When, yeah. when guys are doing the, you, you can see when their profile's online. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, but they don't reply, but let it be anything else. Hey, look, one hell of a week for Mark Noble. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> pray for, pray for Noble. Ah, he could have scored five times. <laughs> you guys got Lingarded, actually. He literally won the Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah, Noble's Lingarded you guys now. He turned it around because Jesse turned it around and Mark Noble says, you watch this. It's my testimonial. Oh, my beer. Yeah. It's my testimonial. Yeah. And I've always got the Javi Zanetti hairstyle. Yeah. Shout out to Mark Noble. Up the old apples and pears. The geezer. (laughs) Jimbo, let's go, buddy. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what? Let's go out on that shot of James. I'll speak over James, uh, just uh, enjoying everything. Um, The two gentlemen in studio, hashtag West Ham. They are hating it. James and I are loving it. It's the double fist pump. It's the double thumbs up there, ladies and gentlemen. Um, on the other side, plenty coming up. The MK t-shirt, James Ilsley, 
pointing at his thumb. You gotta love it, the MKT show. Cliffcentral.com. What a noble act. Nightmare. Dagger. You are. Dagger. You're, you're a ambulance you are chaser. Fun. You're an ambulance chaser. They are having fun with us. Mining our pain for content and lols. Yeah. And hashtags. Hammering us. Indeed. Well said. I'm looking at you, James, you filthy little man in your dark room. Scarza. <laughs> your pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's James Wilson. Just That's, waving. This is unbelievable. Stinks in there, James. It stinks of your hubris. <laughs> it reeks to high hell. Not happy. Listen, uh, Senzo, you always say it. Uh, football will kill you and you'll die real death. Mm. Uh, what was that? Mangobai? Who, who, who said it? No, it's a, it was the coach of Barroca. I forget what his name is. He's a criminal, as Paul Dolezal would say. The great Paul Dolezal. Whatever happened to him? <laughs> hey, I saw, I met Natasha. Uh, Chiklas. Chiklas the other day. and uh, Or, I said the other day, a couple of months ago. She was around. Yeah, yes, yeah, around she studio, was around yeah. uh, up here. And uh, what a, she still looks like, that's who Man United need. That kind of human being. She steps oh, she, in there. She would, eh? to just say, no, man. No, I don't. Because you remember Sundowns then? People think Sundowns now. And Sundowns didn't have the money. They didn't have the money, but they were successful. That was was piano in Shushan's house. Yes, with Alex Chagwane. Mr. Goldfinger. Yeah. And her. And nobody ever speaks about her and being being around when they... Listen, they were proper. And and they were always in the mix with a tenth of what Chiefs and Sundowns. And they had coaches, eh? And they had players that... No, it worked. Sundowns then worked. I was in Musa. Even like every now and again, bring like a crazy South American in... Torrealba, exactly. <laughs> Principano, Serino. I'd love to know what they were paying. Chiclas. So what you guys are missing? You're busy with uh, Ollie here. Right. Oak wants to go skiing. You know, he's not going to... South Africans can't go there. We're registered though. That's very true. Yeah. That's very true. Although she is what? Romanian, hey? Miss Chiclas. Chiclas. Oh, they Greek, I think. Greek. Greek. Oh, Chiclas. What am I saying? What am I saying? Yeah, probably pitch up a bit Peter of tzatziki. Yeah, but it's a tzatziki, but a lamb. She pitches up. Guys, what's going on? You know what I mean? Or may, although, maybe not so good because last time Man United player, and I hate to bring it up, went to Mykonos. We know what happened. So maybe. Troll. Absolutely troll. Guy, All right. Okay. I, I, like, I didn't want to I didn't, I didn't bring it up. Troll. All right. Let's, let's be positive because I'm a good person. Contrary. <laughs> contrary. <laughs> and he's laughing. Contrary to popular belief. You know, we, we have this facade on the day after United game called a running order. Yeah. But if United lose, if United win, running order stick. Yeah. If United lose, yeah. rip it up. To, to, exactly. To <laughs> quote Paolo. Mm. Rip up the running order. <laughs> All right. I'll tell you what, we, what was in the running order. And I, I intentionally didn't look it up because I didn't know and I don't know who this guy is. But... What a new feature, uh, and a professional show would probably have graphics and sound for it, but uh, we're going to call it for now, and you know what, if you're in the, uh, with us on YouTube, uh, listen to the segment, um, you know, we're going to call it Paolo's Weird World of Football for now, it's a working title, and uh, Paolo, you, you know, we do this all the time, oh, are you look kidding at, me? Look at that, that. Mid- that middle shot is Paolo watching United. I lied. Um. No, I'm a lie. I've been made to look like a, a bad person. And also, James, I, I do need you to come on the mic immediately because 
I've disrespected you by presuming you're not going to have a graphic for this. I didn't ask. You didn't put respect on his name. I didn't put... And yesterday, it was made clear that put some respect on my name. So, James, at this stage, I mean, I, I don't... I don't say the word sorry. So I, I'll tell you what I'm going to uh, I'm gonna do it how uh, my old man always uh, said is, I will now act to show you that I'm sorry. I'm not going to say I'm sorry. Because I was disrespectful. Apology accepted, I think. Well, I haven't really apologized. You've exactly. got to probably wait four or five years to see whether my behavior actually steps up to it. You know what oh, I mean? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Because how many times, Jimbo, people come up to you, oh, I'm so sorry. The very next week, they're still being a bum vomiting on your couch <laughs> or whatever your friends do, you know, in, in their 20s. So I don't want to be that guy. That is incredible graphicking. Paolo's weird world of football. It tells you everything you need to know. Paolo, dear, take it away, Paolo. This is the first time I'm seeing this. Now, I'm sorry if, you, if you're listening to this and not watching on YouTube. But to describe this, in the background are three shots of me that I can only describe as, you know that you're no evil, see no evil, speak no evil monkey? This is, it sends us right. This is me watching United in see sh- rubbish, speak rubbish, watch rubbish. So that's me in the three different phases. Then James has found this logo. I said, James, can we have a logo or a graphic or, or something for this? James seems to have resubscribe to Microsoft Paint. Yeah. Found the only version that'll work on Apple Mac. And like it looks like I mean and there's four different fonts there. There's a terrible clip art soccer guy. Yeah. The weird is in crayon. Like in crayon. <laughs> <laughs> it's caught in between. It kind of goes if you were running a sting operation like sports booking company, but it was, yes. but it was actually a brothel. Yes, 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 uh, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Or a replica, fake replica kit store in Fordsburg. All due respect to Fordsburg, but you do get some of those. I know exactly the place you're talking about as well. You, you know what I'm saying? So, mm. but not the good ones. Yes, There's really no, good no. ones there. Mm. There's some dodgy ones that, like, <laughs> you know, when you see like United kits leaked like a season before. Yeah, that it's like made by like Umbro, and it's got like. Samsung is the sponsor. <laughs> You'd buy these shirts there. So that's what that logo looks like. James, I love it. <laughs> this has made my dreams come true. The little man on this, can we give him like color in his kit? Yeah. Um, yes, I think that, that would be the move. Um, Let's try I, that. Because I think we're getting there. But should, should we give him like the most bizarre colored kit ever? Like... like hot pink mm. and then also throw in some yellow there like, and then... like when, when you design your team kit on uh, fantasy league yes i bet you james got an atrocious one probably i do it, yeah yes. i do yeah like, do like that my team's like all black green socks but i bet james has got like striped pink yellow blue yeah. shorts yeah right? yeah just be genuinely just because of the lols yeah just for vibes well and... just be who you are james with the, with the kit be who you are i want you to express that in the kit it'll be exactly what paulo needs and can you have a mullet hey you know what I'm actually, I mean? I actually have a better idea. I've got a better idea. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to tell you what it is. That's it. Next week when we do Parlor's Weird World of Football, you'll see it. James, you've done well there. Creativity loses well done, magic James. once you explain it. So That's I love it. that. It's a bit of a tease. It hooks no. us into next week. It's big broadcasting as well. Uh, Parlor's Weird, <laughs> Weird World of Football, which I did not know had a graphic. Terrible. It's my show. I no, should know that. No, no, but we, you know, you've empowered us. Yes. To sort of take initiative on things. Absolutely. So this is, you know, we just hopefully it fits your vision. Yeah. Um, and I hope that the feature is as good as that logo. Bloody hell, we've built it up now because that had a prelude. Let's get into the feature because you're, you're right. We, 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 so wow, what I a love, Listen, I love weird football stories. Like I'm not a stats guy. I'm not like, I don't like reading match reports. 
I like reading things from the weird side of football, yeah, like about hooligans and just odd football stories. I'm going to start this. I'm going to kick it off with probably the weirdest story ever. Mm-hmm. Maybe we never do this feature again. Yeah. Let's start it off. You can get a shot of this. Yeah, let's this zoom book. in on that. Oh, This book is called Kaiser, the greatest player never to play football. Is it doing weird stuff? Well, let's see. Let's see if we can get the zoom action zoom on there. Let's see if we can get a focus. There, there it go. is. There we go. Oh. Okay. It's a real book. It's not to look. It's got pages. Yeah. <laughs> it's got writing. It's not a pop-up book. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's the story of a guy called Carlos the Kaiser, the greatest player never to play football. Let me tell you about this. Look out. Fantastic story. So nowadays, football's all over the place. Like yep. you, you know every player. There's no surprise. Everyone's on FIFA. Yes. Everyone's on Going back to the 70s, there was a guy. His real name was... It's actually... He called himself Carlos Henrique Raposo. Okay. Okay, Brazilian guy. Yeah, to be. Right? Love you, He wants Luka. to be a footballer, but he's no good. He's yeah. in Brazil, Rio. He's rubbish. He can't play football, but he wants to be a footballer. All his friends are footballers. All his friends are going to academies. He's like, I'm going to be a footballer. I don't care if I've got no talent. There he is. Okay? He's the guy, if you're, watch, if you're watching this... Definitely the guy on the left. If, if you're... 100%. If you're listening to the podcast, look for a photo, Carlos Kaiser. Like Kaiser Chiefs with an S. Yeah. In this photo, he's the guy on the left with the glorious mullet. <laughs> right? He is as 80s a Brazilian as you'll ever see. The guy on the left in the pink cap, that's Renato Gaucho. Who? Really? Brazilian international the in the 80s. Gaucho. He is part of the 1982 Brazilian team, that, the best team never to win a World Cup. Yeah. He's a, I think he's currently a coach. He, he coaches. Really? Big time coach. He's probably the most high profile player that played with him and backed him, although he did have encounters with Bebeto. Yeah. Right. So Carlos Kaiser goes, he starts hanging around with his friends at the clubs and starts faking his way into football teams, right? And as he goes through the age groups, as his friends goes through the age groups, so does he. And he always gets a friend to vouch for him to come play, come train. Hey, my friend, Carlos, what a good player. You've got to give him a chance. Mm. Gets into the club, Gets a pay-as-you-play contract. First day of training, what does he do? Goes down. Injured. Ankle. Right? But keeps the contract. And hangs around the squad. What? So through the squads, the players start realizing that this guy, he can't play soccer, but guess what he's good at? He's a fixer. He becomes Uh. a fixer. Can get you anywhere in Rio. Women, drugs, cars, best restaurants. He's connected. So the players keep him around. So they're like, let's get this guy hanging around with us. Bring him in. He's a good crack. He's a laugh, yep. fun guy. Always got good women. Gets you great deals on the hot sports cars. Yes. Keep him around. So he's always hanging around with footballers. He's going around Rio, and everyone thinks he's a footballer because he's hanging around with guys from Flamengo, Botafogo. He's with everyone. He's doing it. His friends will transfer. Hey, coach, I've got this guy. You just got to give him a chance. He's injured now, but I'm telling you what a player. So he moves around to clubs, pulls the same thing, gets injured first day of training. As he starts getting caught out, he'll start playing youth team players in games to tackle him hard to take him out. What? So he never has to play. He never has to train. Right? He's got the scam going perfectly. And as a coach realizes something, he's got two options, right? Either I leave or I find out what the coach really wants. Woman, drugs, money, a hotel away from your wife. So the coaches keep him around because he's a fixer. So this guy is floating around. South America, in Brazil, floating yeah. around Brazil, all the clubs. But, but when you say all the clubs, like where is he? Flamengo. Uh, 
Fluminense, Botafogo, Vasco da Gama. So he's like no, wait, that's Rio. all the Rio clubs. As well as overseas, right? So this is where he's, flying. he's, he's cruising between because he's friends with the players and they're vouching for him. But he's at all of the big clubs. So I thought you were going to tell me something Do you know who this in guy the jungle. Is? Do you know... Well, there's probably is? a South African equivalent. But do, do you know who this guy is? He's the Christ the Redeemer statue. <laughs> he has to be, right? So we're not talking Mickey Mouse. Flamingo, Fluminense, Bocafogo, Vasco da Gama. In 70s and 80s, right? Those clubs were serious then. You know, now they're your money mm. and whatever. But those clubs were serious Flamingo. clubs. Flamingo. Right? No, that's the four... The and unless four. I'd missed one, that's no, the that's, four Rio that's, that's, yeah. that's the big four. And back then, Paolo, yeah, just to give some context for guys, is it's not like now where the stars didn't move back no, then. So all. it wasn't like Neymar would have been Santos. You would have been at Santos. Yeah. And, mm, stayed there. What are you talking? Who is this guy? So, but as he moves around, he gets someone to vouch for him. Or like I say, he goes, what does the coach need? And once somebody's onto him, I've got to get out. I've got to find somewhere else to go. And like I say, they keep him around. This guy gets a move to France. Well, because the guy's been playing for Vasco da Gama. Wait, for a minute, right? This guy. Now, remember, you've got no scouting. You're not sending scouts every week to Brazil. If somebody sends you a video, yeah. remember, yeah. a VHS grainy of a guy with a mullet. Yes. That kind of looks like you. Yeah. So that's what he is doing. He'd send out tapes of players who looked like him overseas. And they'd go, and then he shows up. They go, oh, well, mullet, Brazilian guy. So yeah. Looks like it. He had the walk, dressed, spoke like a footballer, could do a few tricks. First day of training, gets injured. So he gets a move to France to uh, FC Wacker Innsbruck. Oh, okay, this was actually the, the, Austria. Was it? Austria. Yeah. Austria. He had a move to France, and then they, they sort of sussed him out, so he moved to, to Austria. Didn't stay there long. Okay, again, yeah. injured. Oh, I need a loan back to, to Brazil. My physio's there. Okay. So that's where he goes back to. Brazil starts moving around. Yeah. People start catching on to him. The one club says to him, goes to the physio, goes to the doctors. No one ever finds anything wrong with him. Recurring injuries, Phil Jones. <laughs> what's wrong with Phil Jones, right? Maybe Phil Jones is doing this. <laughs> no one can ever figure out what's wrong with him. No, we need to send you to a witch doctor. He's like, no, I can't. A witch doctor. I can't go to a witch doctor. No one ever figures it out. All his mystery injuries. All his does enough just to play. He ends up at a club called Bangu. Okay, now Great this is name. probably the smallest club, right? Great name. Bangu. Bangu is owned by a notorious drug lord. Okay, signs a lot of money, for, pays a lot of money for this guy. A lot of money. Starts pulling the same stunt, same stunt, same stunt. So this guy's drug lord goes, this guy's playing a game with me. Rumors are circulating. This guy's up to something. Phones the coach. Says, Carlos is going on. This guy's playing. Because he goes, if this guy plays and he's scamming me, he's done. Yeah, he's, yeah. So it's a proper... Right? Proper drug lord, right? Wow. Owns the club. Phones the coach. Coach. Now, the coach was in on knew that this is a bit of a thing going on. Goes to Carlos, says, right, you're warming up from high above. This is happening. Mm, 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 Carlos, mm. listen. Do you think Carlos is done, my friend? <laughs> <laughs> this is so crazy. Starts warming up. Next thing, climbs into the crowd. Fights the crowd. Fighting the crowd. Full-on fist fight with fans, right? What? Cops come, separate, South American argy-bargy. Back in the change room, gets sent off, sent to the change room. Doesn't go on the field. Sent off as a sub in the change room. Drug lord comes flying down. Guns ready, big guys, you're done now. Mm. You're done. You take me for a fool. What's going on? All due respect, mister. When I was warming up against those fans, the things they were saying about you, 
I just couldn't. No, you joke. I've met you. You're a good man. You've always looked after me. I could not hear those things about you. So I guess the drug lord goes, well, guy was defending my honor. Right hand man. <laughs> New contract. How have I not heard about this guy? <laughs> so now he becomes a right hand man and the fixer for this notorious drug lord who owns Bangu. Facade kept on. He was always broke. Penniless, but he always had the best looking woman. Best hotels, best restaurants, best clothes. And sorted it out for all the other players. Okay. He went through everyone who was in Brazil. Like I said, the biggest name was Bebeto. Renato Gocha was a close friend of his. Uh, the, the, the Renato. The Renato Gocha. Players were going to Carnival. He had sorted everything out for them. He was just a fixer and a party guy. No one actually in his playing days ever caught onto this ruse. Eventually just fizzled out, went to smaller clubs, smaller clubs, and then announced his retirement, right? Years later, now the story's coming out, there's, there's both this book and there's a documentary. I know it was on Amazon, but I think you, if you look around, you'll find it about Carlos Kaiser. Carlos K-I-S-E-R. Yeah. Right? The best player. Real false nine. Yeah, the falsest no, no, nine yeah, ever. I mean, the original <laughs> false nine. False everything. <laughs> Before Leo Messi, there was the, the Kaiser. The best part about this story is no even way. his book and everything they say is like, nobody even knows if any of these stories are actually true because he told them. <laughs> so it's all his recollection of things he's told people, secondhand events, Hearsay, 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 evolving. He's penniless now, lives in a rundown apartment. His football friends still support him. Renato Gocho gives him money and he's still got friends to organize. No still knows enough ways. people around Brazil. And to this day, nobody knows what stories are true, what aren't real. He's an urban legend. He is a legend. So that's Paulo's first introduction, first story in the weird world of football. Is the greatest man who never played, Carlos Kaiser. This is the guy that told Donald Trump that he won the election. <laughs> <laughs> Paolo, the, uh, I love it. This might I be the, You know what? If you did that in Angola, I would say, okay, fine. It's oh, also sorry. World map. These days in his 50s, he works as a fitness trainer for women. Uh, as you would. Obviously. <laughs> as you would. <laughs> every scammer, every male scammer, every male... I'm the I'm the light to the sixth dimension yoga person whatever because this has all the all a forex trader all that it's always about sleeping with women it, every scamster every priest every that you, what do they all do you you look at every single um, and I've read lots of books about cults is every guy who has this personality it's always about sleeping with women so now he's doing what he's a trainer specifically for women trains women football personal trainer. He's a personal trainer. A personal trainer? Personal trainer. For women. For women specifically. Specifically, yeah, yeah. Because he doesn't think the patriarchy has has actually opened the world up for women. So he wants to focus on that area in the world. Women. Just just train women. What a what good a, guy. The the a lot of the book talks about how he didn't spend time training. Mm -hmm. He spent time learning how to walk like a footballer. You know how footballers walk? <laughs> you, do you know you know you know yes, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. You know how footballers work? Yeah. He, that's what he focused his time on. He had watch footballers and walk like them. Do you we know who this guy thing? is, actually? He's my hero. <laughs> Probably my father. Do you yeah. know who this guy is? <laughs> he's this is Barney Stinson. I, I never... He, he's the guy from How I Met Your Mother. How I Met Your Mother. Never watched that show. Absolutely terrible. Yeah, there's, no, there's no one like Carlos. Like there Carlos, is... Carlos, no one. I, I mean, there's no story like... I, I'll be hard-pressed to top this story as, as wild. I, I, I'm gobsmacked. I'm absolutely gobsmacked. How have I not heard of this guy? Listen, Brazil, 
especially then, post 70s, right. after um, so, sort of uh, what the country went through. I mean, you know, it's because there's no Twitter. People don't realize what Brazilian football was in the 80s. Mm. They're like, like, people think PSG is a thing now. When you looked at that Brazilian team, you, you go and research that decade. Listen, they went on to do it in 94, right? But that decade with Gaucho and these that, guys. They didn't win a World Cup, but they were the R- Brazilians. That 80s Brazil side, the players of that, mm-hmm. were what Brazilian players are. You know, before the, the 90s, they started becoming robots. Very yeah. to be This comment here is perfect. Gukhenkos, uh, he says, rumor has it he came up with the term fake it. Till you make it Damn right Do you know who this guy Actually is The real life you, You've said it twice now No 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 no. You need no. to decide No 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 I, I, I keep it, it. Keep... Oh, do you, Are you refining you, it You've seen um, Fire Festival No <laughs> Oh Is that <laughs> yes. Billy McFarlane The way you are. This guy is Billy McFarlane With a mullet He's the best I love him Billy McFarlane With a mullet Carlos De Kaiser Hey and he, he, named is the Kaiser. Kaiser. he named himself Kaiser Because after Beckenbauer And he thought If I'm named after Beckenbauer People are going to think I'm a good defender Wait So what's his real name? Carlos So uh, wait Carlos the Kaiser Is not his real name You know Brazilians have nicknames No they do yeah. Every, like... So he called himself Carlos Kaiser Because he thought Well people are going to think I'm as good a defender That's why I got the nickname That's why they nicknamed His real name was Carlos uh, Henrique Raposo <laughs> But he, called, he nicknamed himself the Kaiser, Kaiser So people go Well he must be as good As Beckenbauer there is a stage in life whether you like somebody or not is sometimes you do what we call charge it to the game because this oak is hectic this is I'm going to watch everything and read that book there's a photo here of him with Zico not Zico 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 he played with Zico I'm looking yeah he he, he, was on this, he trained with Zico Z- there's a story of Zico called him out we're going over time now Zico Zico started calling him out but then he said well what do you want the what original, can I get for you the original tenderpreneur no, this is the guy. I, I need to download his book. I, I will buy his book. Or... Take it. I got it, yeah. Take it. But I don't know. Is it a real book? I mean, at, at this stage, you've got to I've read it. The, the ink's disappearing as I read it. Paolo, you've, th- that is weird, and it is a world, and it is football, and you did it. Hey, you've raised the bar. Good luck, James, finding that kit. Sheepers, creepers. But we undersold that in the preamble. Wow. That is incredible. Paolo's... Nice. I love it. I love weird football stories. Catch me if you can. No, that is that. That's wild. Leonardo DiCaprio. Shout, shout out to him. Uh, wow, we. Wow, wow, wow. Paulo's weird world of football. Dirk Kaiser, the, the the Brazilian Portuguese guy version of it with a mullet, who actually wasn't a player, but was a player player. If you know what I'm saying. The Jake Gatsby. Wow. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the other side. Uh, by the way, the Ryder Cup's happening this weekend. People still uh, do the golf thing. Uh, we'll see if our guest on the other side, the one and only Coach Keating, is interested in that or he thinks that um, uh, Bryson DeChambeau will actually bring everything down because he will punch uh, Brooks Kepka in the face and that'll just unravel America and then the Europeans will conquer. Uh, we'll speak about that and much, much more on the other side, the MKT Show. CliffCentral.com uh, The iron will always defeat the devil. Troll. Troll behavior. Gentlemen, your thoughts. What's the bullying policy on the show? 
you know, bullying, it's a matter of perspective, you know, is because I'm just laying out cold facts at the moment. And you guys seem, you're not into the facts. You guys want to feel how you feel. And I respect that. It's not about you. Go ahead. You're not the victim here. Okay. We know it's your show, but no, bro. I'm trying to be here for you. He's so wounded. He is wounded. <laughs> hey, but a hug. Ask James. James gives that. No, hugs. he must never touch me wearing that shirt. <laughs> no, James, that's very easy for you to hear as though he's saying, never touch me. His pain, though, isn't directed at you. It's the fact that you're wearing a Liverpool shirt, plus young boys beat them, plus Mark Noble went and did a Jesse Lingard with his whole squad, obviously went in the dressing room, said, lads, it ain't going to happen. Not today. I'm not coming home. At the old apples and pears. We'll do him a kipper. <laughs> Football's coming home for real. Not today, mate. Uh, I'm not no bull. Senzo, you've you've been off the whole morning, and I just I feel like you got some things to work through. I give great hugs. <laughs> All right, James, uh, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> with that on the line, obviously, uh, I just want to be very clear. I don't encourage violence, you know, but there may be a violent time coming, and it may be metaphorical violence because. Uh, these yuppies probably don't fight on the golf course. Um, but there is the Ryder Cup coming. So we will ask this gentleman uh, once we have him with us <laughs> with regards to, um, you know, like before we go to our guests, guys, uh, Ryder Cup, even if you don't like golf, um, you've got to be into it. At, at least the last yeah. hour. Senzo, you, you, you know what I'm saying, my man? Yeah. Oh, do you know what would make this story? Yeah. Do you know there's a COVID envelope? Go ahead. Explain to those who don't know what the COVID envelope is. So the COVID envelope is um, this, at this year's Ryder Cup. So it's for any player that tests positive for COVID. Yep. They've, they will test every day. And then when they open the envelope, yeah, they're like, oh, no, John Rom. Yeah. He's given it to Brooks Kepka because <laughs> he touched Bryson DeChambeau yesterday. <laughs> and then Bryson embraced him with a hug. And then now Brooks Kepka has COVID. Is is this like a Brendan Rogers envelope that he showed the Liverpool squad? That he said one I've got an envelope here and I've got a name written in here on like what's three players who are gonna let me down? Who betray year? me, yeah. He tried that whole thing. Hey, was it Rogers or who who did it? Was, it was definitely Brendan Rogers. Like mm, it was like mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard like, that story as well. It is Damascus moment. Yeah, I I know that that is a very famous thing. Oh, that's tough. Because oh, that's the Jesus thing, yeah. Uh, one of you will betray me. Yeah, whoever kisses me. Yeah. So what's this thing with the envelope? Is the co- is COVID in the envelope that they pass it around? Yeah. Is it is it like well, what were the what, what was the um, uh, sort of nuclear war thing that they were sending around back in the day uh, in the Cold War? You know, you guys don't know what I'm talking about. You're both no, looking no, you're, at me you're, like you're smart yeah, yeah. Those. Back in the day, they'd send like chemical warfare, right? Yeah. Chemical warfare that like, anthrax, anthrax kind of vibe. Maybe it's got that whole thing. It's like, hey, I've got COVID. What happens if, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? Let me we're going to ask our guests this, actually. I'm going to save this question. I've just thought of the best journalistic question of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now. Um, I'm actually not sure where he is because he stays busy, but um, a man who's into b-ball. Last time he looked like uh, he was off to uh, avoid a three-putt on the golf course. He looked incredible. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only coach, Kerry Keaton. Coach, how's it going? Uh, uh, this cap game. <laughs> It's going well. How are you guys doing today? Right, what cap we got there? Is that Kansas? Yeah, I figured since you brought up the last time you were waving the wheat, I'd represent the uh, the KU 
contingents out there since you're a newly minted Kansas fan. So I'm, I'm repping I'm repping the host today. It's the right thing to squad. do. We, I mean, we want the basketball to go well. How has the recruit class gone for this year? Where, where, what do you think that Kansas team is going to look like? I mean, since we're going to since if we're going to do it, let's get into it properly. One thing about Kansas is they never have to worry about how good their team is. That's that's for sure. They 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 don't uh, they reload. They don't have to they don't have to uh, regenerate any 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 momentum. They always have good players. And I tell you what's happening out here now is COVID has given basically a reset to every single college player in the in the country, regardless of level. Last year was, was basically a free year, so in essence, you can bring back your entire team with no penalty. You know, they build in a certain amount of time that college kids can play. Of course, that's going to all now change in the future, I'm sure. But uh, Kansas, Kansas will be fine. Kansas will be will be representing the MKT show well. Excellent. Don't, don't worry uh, about that. I, I loved what you said there. It's uh, kind of like as you, you, you know, I hate to say this, but the Alabama Crimson Tide, of course, a lot of people thought uh, Saban's lost the entire starting. Oh, <laughs> Price Young's come through and uh, roll tide. That, that, none of that nonsense here. And I'm looking forward to Kansas. Just listen, the tournament next year, you might as well call it the Kansas Invitational. Let's go slam dunk on everybody. That's what's <laughs> up. Uh, Coach, great to have no, you with us. We, uh, we got the boys in studio here as well. I just want to tell you something that happened um, before you came on here. Uh, two things, by the way. I'll, t- I'll tell you about possibly the greatest um, scam scams that you've ever heard about because we had the smartest guys in the room. You ever see that, Doc? With no, Enron. I have not. No, I have not. Yeah, Enron. You ever hear about that whole Enron scam? Where well, I'm about familiar with Enron, sure. Oh, yeah. nothing on this guy. So I'll tell you about that guy as well. But just before we get into that, I know you were playing golf. Not sure how you've played this week. Uh, but that, that is what it is. We'll get to that. Let me tell you something that is about to happen. It's called the Ryder Cup. Now, here's my question to you as a big-time journalist. Does Bryson DeChambeau completely rattle and destroy everything because he goes and punches Brooks Kepka for giving him a bad lie uh, on, on one of the days? Is that going to happen, Coach? What are your thoughts on the Ryder Cup? Well, you know what's really interesting about the Ryder Cup out of the gate is they've, they've made it into a team competition. Clearly, obviously, United States versus the rest of the world. But it's an individual sport. You're, you're playing against the course. You're never really playing against the other guy. And social media has kind of made this into a little bit maybe more than it is. But you have two dynamic, you know, different different looking guys than your normal golfers out there. You know, physical <laughs> fitness has become a, you know, not just a big part of James's life now, but it's obviously a, a big part of, of, uh, of golf in terms of staying fit. Uh, they don't need challenges and, and other people to pay for trainers. They have that themselves. Just, you know, make sure James stays on point with his fitness challenge. Uh, and <laughs> oh, these, two, yeah, these, these two guys are dynamic in the sense that they're big, they're bulky, they're, they're champions, uh, but they're also pretty hard-headed personalities. They're, they're very much into what they do and what they do against the course. And they kind of do it in, 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 in conjunction against each other. So, they just don't have the same personalities, you know. Now they're talking this week about how they have something special planned and they've squashed this beef. They've gone to dinner. Look, in the interest of patriotism or team, they have to do that because the captains have put them on the team together. What's really going to be interesting is if they do get paired up together, which I don't know if they're that compatible in terms of the team element of playing either alternate shot or four ball together. But I have a feeling that if this actually is squashed and they actually did go to dinner and, and make amends, whatever that means, for the, even if it's for the sake of this weekend, 
it'd actually be kind of fun to see them play together and see if they actually do get over this. I don't know if that'll happen. Well, what we'd like them to see is just to drop the sticks and just drop everything and go at it because that's the nature of what we want to see. We want to see the content now, right? I'm in the content world. Uh, I'd, like, I'd like to see if they, if they can actually compete with each other, uh, even for the sake of the team. You know, this is a rare occasion in, in an individual sport where it becomes very, very focused on the team element. And obviously now with media and, and the attention put towards it, it's a little more heightened. It is tough to get a guy like uh, DeChambeau on a leash because, I mean, obviously he came from, uh, where is he from, like Stanford or one of those. Not only is he from an uh, elite university, he's also a physics guy, so he is a brainiac, a genuine brainiac, uh, built his own clubs, so it tells you he's a pretty uh, self-regulating guy. And then also I don't know if Kepka is. Well, <laughs> now <laughs> he's also brilliant at golf. I mean, what's he missing? He looks like he looks... And imagine now you've got Brooks. Obviously, Brooks has had his own stuff. Uh, I, I don't really want to get into his stuff off the field and, and whatever, but he, he's a magnificent golfer and he looks like, uh, you know, for, for, to use an old term, a red-blooded American. Uh, you just couldn't imagine two different guys. But getting, getting DeChambeau on a leash, a guy like that, like what doesn't he have? How do you stop DeChambeau? Like you can't stop him with money. I mean, having gone to the university he came from, I presume things were cushy at home. He's also a brilliant golfer. And he's a physics guy. I mean, what are we doing here? It is. It would be electric to see them play together. See if well, they can humble each well, other. Well, not only that, to, to, to give Bryson some credit, he he works harder than anyone else. I mean, just in a, in, a, in a visual sense, you see him on the range after he he supposedly has calluses on his hands from trying to compete in a long drive contest. I mean, which is pointless for a professional golfer to, to participate in. But it did lead me to an interesting potential. Um, uh, matchup. What, what we could do is have them line up with their drivers at each other about 20 yards away, yes. put helmets on them, and have them drive, the, drive the ball at each other. Now, that would be kind of cool. It would be painful. It would hurt. But if they really do hate each other, we'll see how good their accuracy is as well as their power. So we, we, we might be onto something here. Yeah, Paolo's got uh, something. We'll, nevertheless, we'll see how it goes this weekend. Yeah, let, let's see how it goes. Paolo, uh, Paolo what do you have? No, I love that idea. Put them, put them in golf carts because then you add the motorsport elements. Yes. Of so the golf carts riding in a straight line oh. and try to hit the golf cart because I mean, then you're appealing to everybody. Like there's, with, there's all sorts of sports in it. This is genius, guys. Are we saving golf right now? Because I think we're uh, saving multiple sports. Yeah, it is. We were bringing motorsport, which is a snooze fest. Uh, Coach, I don't know if you know. Obviously, um, down in Indianapolis, they got the cars roaring, but in Formula One. Obviously, in Europe, you can't actually move and emit any sort of carbon. The cars now uh, sound like a church mouse. It costs about a, like a billion dollars to have a team, but you can't even hear the cars. Um, so, so maybe we're saving that because the golf carts, they're a little bit louder. They're none of that el- electronic vehicle stuff, boom, mm. crash, boom, bang. It's kind of like Crash Bandicoot um, for, for, for the elite yuppies. It's a great video game at the very least if we got it live. <laughs> now, they have these driving ranges over here with targets, and they've become pretty popular over here. You know, Top Golf and Drive Shack. It uh, wouldn't be bad to do a little promo with those guys and put them out on the course and see if they can. Now, I'll tell you this. They can hit each other. That's how good those guys are. Damn. Guys like us, we just be flying balls out there hoping it happens. These guys are accurate as well as powerful. So someone's going to get hit, that's for sure. Before we get into it, Senzo's got something for you there, Coach. I've got the perfect scenario. Do you know what's going to happen? Brooks Kepka is going to be teeing up and Bryson's going to cough <laughs> just as he's about ah. to hit the ball. <laughs> and it goes four 
and that will cost America. Oh my goodness! The, 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 you know what? But for for all of what we're saying, I mean, there is a, a lot in jest. Is that this ultimately for the product of golf is terrific, right? Because mm. without Tiger, the one thing that golf lacks. Yes, you can have all the money, but. It, now you, you're competing against the eSport kids. I mean, soccer, NFL, especially now, coach, college sport ha- has gone to another level. Is that golf needs this. I, I know he can be, like every good story, right? Is you, you can't just have the protagonist. You must have the antagonist. And I think without Tiger being that sort of messianic figure, I think this is good. Forget about the two individuals involved. For golf, I'd like to know your thoughts because I, I do know you're a purist about sports in general. Well, golf has always been kind of an elusive sport to follow until Tiger made it popular. I mean, clearly you want to see guys dominate and dominate at levels that are that are outer-worldly, which Tiger did right out of the gate. And then it became, you know, Tiger's ascension through golf also mirrored social media's ascension. So, I mean, it was getting to a point where you know, everything that he did, obviously personally and professionally, was going to be put on steroids and magnified. You know, now it's, it's difficult to do that because right out of the gate, everything you do is magnified. There is no ascension into that. Everything comes out. Yeah. You know, golf has always been, been viewed as an elitist sport. Uh, Tiger broke that barrier down, you know, made it more available uh, and, and I think made it popular for, for everybody. Now, you know, whether or not any, anyone like that comes along it remains to be seen and probably not, to be quite honest with you. Uh, but what you have now are, 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 you know, individuals that really want to put a lot of effort into this individually. And now with the Ryder Cup, you know, making it into a team, it's kind of forced a little bit. And that's where I think um, Brooks had that comment maybe a week ago where he just doesn't get into this part of it. He, he's never been on a team before. Yeah. So a lot of these guys don't understand what it's like. You know, I'm sure we'll, we'll discuss about, you know, taking out your star player as a coach. Like, there's no coach taking in and out. There's no substitutions. Once you're on the course, you're on the course. You see it through through all 18 holes, and that's the mental part of it, which kind of separates that sport from most. There's no substitutions. Come out, get a break, talk to the coach, go back in. Whether it's football, whether it's baseball, whether it's basketball, any team sport. So there's a, there's a level of, of individuality that's always going to be there, even in, in a team element. Um but but I, I'm fascinated always with the fact that you're playing against the course. Yeah. You know, a lot of people that play don't realize that. You're playing against the course. Everybody's playing against the course. And the handicap system for guys like you and me that are just out there playing on the weekends levels the playing field and should make it, you know, attainable for all. Um, but, yeah, we the sport definitely needs to have some dynamic personalities to carry it. Tiger did that. Unfortunately, now we're getting dynamic personalities that you and me and the crew here want to see hit each other. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I, I think I think we'll you know after this weekend we'll have some clarity on exactly where those guys are at. And you know, look, the, the sport's only getting getting more and more popular because of what Tiger did. There'll be someone that'll come along and have a nice friend. Jordan Spieth had it, couldn't sustain it, and now we're rooting for him to come back. And he's had a pretty good year so far. But yeah, it only makes you appreciate exactly what Tiger did. Tiger did. I mean, Coach, I just want to correct you there. Um, uh, the course is playing against me. I mean, as you can see, I've obviously always got the hybrid <laughs> on hand here just to absolutely go and mash it up. But l- let's get into something you touched on there, and I- I'd love to hear what the boys think about it as well, but I- I'll let you start us off. You know, you-, you touched on you can't substitute people in golf, and I-, I saw something really, really interesting happen on our side of the pond. Uh, a guy called uh, Leo Messi, you may have heard of him. Uh, he plays for a team that's uh, that's got all of the money in the world. Is 
there was an interesting situation that developed between him and a guy called Maurizio Pochettino, who is a no-nonsense uh, guy. If you don't know, for those who don't know, Maurizio Pochettino was assigned with looking after a guy you also might have heard of, um, a pretty decent number 10 for Argentina in the past as well, uh, Hand of God in 1986. But his job was to look after Diego Maradona. Now, imagine, I, I, that is the worst job on the planet, I would imagine. Um, but he is no-nonsense. That's the type of character you're dealing with. He took Leo Messi off, and that didn't go well. There it is on screen um, for those who, who, you know, who can't, um, who can't imagine it. Uh, come and have a look on YouTube. But coach, this for me, as I saw it, I did actually think of you, coach. And I thought to myself, this is such an interesting dynamic, whether at the college level, at the lowest level, we've all been in teams where uh, certain players just hated getting taken off. This is probably the possibly the most revered sportsman in the history of mankind, um, Leo Messi. How did you ever deal with star players, coach, in your locker room in terms of did you just apply it's the same rule for everybody and you don't want to hear it? Or was Pochettino wrong here? Should you be letting sort of dynastic greatness get away with a little more? Because as much as we want to say he's managing Leo Messi, he's got to manage PSG, right? How did you deal with it back in the day? A star player questions you in front of the team like this. There's a few things to unpack there. And it's it's always been difficult at any level to, as a coach to not want to let your star player, your best players dictate their playing time. If you have the ability to take them in and out of games. And I use basketball, obviously where I come from as an example, because you're able to do that. You're able to sub in and out. Um, you know, especially with concussion protocols lately, the, the, the most powerful person on the bench is really the trainer. And then yet the coach really has the ultimate say, the head coach, the manager has the ultimate say whether players come in or out. But when it becomes a medical issue now, in hindsight, it, it's, it's come to attention that he thought Messi may have, may have uh, hurt his knee and he was just basically protecting him. You can always err on the side of caution when it comes to potential injuries in a game or a match that may not be as impactful, especially if maybe the match is over for, for all intents and purposes. But great players that suffer a little bit of a bump or a bruise that don't think it's that serious at the time are always going to wave that off. I mean, that's always been the case in basketball. In basketball, you have a finite amount of penalties, fouls that you can commit before you have to come out of the game and can't play anymore. And you have to balance that as a coach. And it was always, it was, it, it was always a fine line in, in college, at least when you have five fouls before you're out, when you got your third foul, uh, and even your fourth foul, or even your second foul in the first half. This is this is something that that is across the board in college, a a a, a steadfast decision that coaches should make before. Are you going to leave your player in or take him out? Don't go back and forth with it because you want to give them the you want to give great players the consistency and peace of mind to know that when and where they're going to be on the pitch or be on the court or be on the field. So if you're going to leave your player in the first half, regardless of time with two fouls, risking the chance he gets a third, knowing you can't get a fourth in the first half because you're basically shooting yourself in the foot. You want to give him that consistency. So so leave him in and show him the confidence. But, you, but, but I think this boils down to is the trust and the communication level that the players, best players, have with the head coach. Because it's, it's not unequal in terms of, of availability and level 
but just in what and how you're treating them because clearly they're able and more capable. That's why they get paid more at the professional level. That's why they get the chance to score more at the collegiate level, at least for now, until they get paid later. <laughs> uh, so it's always a fine line. And it sounds like he was error on the side of caution. And now he may be out for, for, the, for, the, for the game next Tuesday if, in fact, this is an injury. So I think the experience of the manager and the trainer comes into play here. You know, look, if Messi think it was a little a little bump on the knee, he's fine. If it turns out to be something more serious. Yeah. So I think early on you want to err on the side of caution. But what a fine line to walk. And look, I optics are never good. Now you have a tweet with his face like, hey, what are you doing? Taking me out. I'm messy. Right? <laughs> so it'll all, it, it'll all play out in the end. Social media doesn't make it uh, easier. Senzo, what you got, Paul? So, Coach, um, so from your days of coaching, um, did you decide who took the final shot or did that sort itself out? No, in college basketball, you definitely want your best player taking the final shot. Sometimes it sorts itself out because the defense forces your hand and you have some some un, uncharacteristic uh, plays happen. Uh, and maybe maybe the guy that wasn't expected to take it and make it. But nine times out of ten, if not more, you want your best player taking that last shot. Makes and sense. they know that. Yeah, you know, especially in the age of social media. I mean, um, because now, I mean, you could live it down back then. Uh, if you don't let your best player take the, the, the shot now, it's almost like, hey, that's a pretty real thing for coaches as well. I'm pretty sure they, like, especially you old school guys, you just love having players around and just make them run shuttles for the, for the whole time. You, like, hey, you want to have it in their hands because social media will not forgive. Wait, you said you old school guy. You're, you're saying I'm an old school guy? No, I well, I, I was referring... <laughs> <laughs> I'm with the times, man. I'm not the coach anymore. Social media is the coach. I'm just the guy in between telling them what to do. That's all. But before we wrap this one up, coach, I do have one last question. And I I, I was referring, I'd like to hear more on your thoughts on, because obviously once this happens with Leo Messi and whoever your best players would have been, is that there are guys that are going to feel a certain way in the change room if you don't give them that, that, that same level of treatment. What happens when you give special tra- uh, should you ever give special players uh, special treatment and what does that do to the rest of the locker room because that's a dynamic right I always treat it this way you know it's a Belichick motto of do your job everyone has a job to do on the team none of them are more important than the others because in in the flywheel and the cogs they all have to move so the gears turn but someone's got a lot bigger wheel than other guys do but if you don't do it, your little gear is, is going to stop. It's going to stop everyone else. None are more important than the others. It's just that some are bigger. Some have more to do or maybe a bigger responsibility. But whatever your job is, as, as, as little as you may think it is, it's still like of extreme. And that goes even for the people that aren't playing. Yeah. Everyone has a responsibility and a job to do. Just get your job done. Keep the gears moving and we'll let the chips fall in back. Uh, a, a human being by the name of Jamie Keating on uh, YouTube commenting, saying, "To be uh, not to be political, but uh, I might uh, like to see five foul type regulation in the rules of war, or at least put in front of the U.S. Joint Chiefs of Staff." Now, th- that will be controversial. That, <laughs> that's going to be tough to employ with a bunch of dudes that, that, that are and ladies that are hyped up in Fallujah. Uh, but fair, fair enough. Yeah. Um, I, I'll tell you what, Coach, is um, the great Jimmy Johnson uh, has a saying for this one. And uh, I'm not saying I agree or disagree with it. But he said he was asked, you know, what would you do if, if, a, if a guy had fallen asleep, you know, in a meeting or whatever? He said, yeah, I cut him straight away. And he was asked, what would you do if Michael Irving or, um, uh, or Aikman had fallen asleep? He said, no, I'd wake them up. So th- th- that is the <laughs> dynamic. <laughs> that is the dynamic uh, you, you new school and old school co- coaches have to deal with. 
Very true. Yeah. You, you got to right. know where your bread is buttered or else it's going to be very dry. Well said. All right, Coach, we've got plenty to talk about on the other side because there is – there is a monster on the way, and I was reading some of the numbers for college kids that may be available financially. Um, after the break, I want to talk a little bit about that. Ladies and gentlemen, um, my name is MKT, and we are jo- we have the honor of being joined by Coach Keating. On the other side, we'll talk um, college sports. And hey, kids, kids are getting that paper, as they, as they might say. Uh, the, the, MKT show. The, uh, the back. The MKT show. Cliffcentral.com. Yeah, a lot of people wondering what Apollo's shoes doing. Does he have cuff jeans? You better believe he does. It's a fake Friday today. Those are unbelievable. Now, my those, winning shoes. Uh, <laughs> are those Pumas? Yeah. Unbelievable. Sensational. Puma getting in the game. The Germans saying there isn't really, uh, unless you go up north, uh, a place to uh, get on a boat and actually enjoy yourself. Germany, some of the worst weather in the world. Um, but uh, Paolo's got his boat shoes on there. Uh, so, Paolo, are you planning uh, maybe for the long weekend, get yourself in a dock, get a, get a sweater and wrap it around your chest? Yeah, we may do it. Get starboard. Mm, oh, maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just tack something. That's I think it. they say tack on a boat. No, no, that's tack it. Something. That's it. The hull, yeah. Yes, sure. I'll be on the hull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Do you know what he strikes me as? Paolo would wear the captain's hat and have the chain out. But not ride the boat. Sit in the back and drink the beers. Like uh, the, the Kaiser. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The story like, of my career. Well, what's the name? Carlos de Kaiser, huh? Carlos de Kaiser. Yeah, that's who, that's who you want to be rocking that. But you've got the original. You've actually gone to the captain, given him three hundred dollars. Yeah. You've got his hat on, and he's doing the swagulation, as you always call it. Uh, it's where you got the shirt open, one button. It's summertime. Three cocktails in by eleven a.m. And no going down with the ship. <laughs> the first lifeboat out of there. No one jet ski for emergency. <laughs> captain, and keep the hat. By the way. Like if the, if the no, captain ditch the hat because then people oh captain where's the captain oh uh, we need leadership yeah not me I'm, I'm out with you I'm oh. drunk leaving at the yeah. because we know what would happen is that if you've got the captain's hat on is people start looking for leadership in crisis you don't you don't need that I don't need that there's a shark you want to save yourself it's a lot of noise. Probably want to push somebody that way. Anyway, um, glad I'm not going to be stuck on a boat with Paolo this weekend. But the, the, the swear game's unbelievable on the shoes. Um, coach, I'm not sure if you saw those shoes. Uh, Paolo looks like he's about to step on a boat. It, it is a public holiday here, uh, Coach. It is um, national. I mean, look at that. Uh, coach, I'm not sure if you can see those. Well, the National Boat Shoe Day? <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's close. It, hey, it's no, no, I'm, I got to tell you, I, I'm, I'm digging it. The colors popping. Are those Pumas? Yeah, yeah. A... Wow. Yeah. I, I'm a shoe guy. I, now I'm partial to Donald Pliner when I was coaching. I was, I was you know, pigeonholed as one of the best-dressed coaches in, in college basketball, so I had to keep my shoe game on point. Now that I'm more casual of nature, whether it's golf gear or – Rocking tech t-shirts like you do out here in Silicon Valley in startup world. Yeah. Those shoes will travel. And, and I'll tell you what, there's a lot more casual lifestyle coming on the sidelines of NBA and college. Uh, some some guys may be pull, pulling those off on the sidelines now. They're no. very, very casual. Great point you've made. Great point you've made this. What are your thoughts on coaches transitioning uh, from just wearing the original suit and actually wearing uh, church shoes? Because now, guys, and I, I'm not sure if James still has the Sinisa Mihailovic uh, graphic we had a couple of days ago. I'd like to show Coach that one. But coaches now, because of, especially in basketball, because uh, basketball for the culture and all that, right, is that the coach is now doing the suit sneakers thing, which pre- every presenter who thinks they're cool does. Uh, uh, but now, what are your thoughts on should a coach be swagulating, as, as we say? 
So I'm kind of torn on this one because one part of me stays true to the game and says, yes, get keep your swag on point and, and get your suit game up. Yeah. And, and by the way, go to a tailor. You know, like Thank don't just you. go off the rack and have, have like a have like a 46, you know, large on because it fits your shoulders. Then you look like you're 40 pounds overweight. I've seen guys like that. The best piece of advice I ever got when I first started coaching was from a guy named Jerry Wainwright who told me, dress nicely, stay in shape. Don't consume alcohol during the season. Best advice I ever got right out of the gate. And I took I took all of them to heart. Uh, so I, I was very much trained early in the right right frame of mind. Look, you, you put on an image. Like Jay Wright at Villanova has taken this to another level. It's become part of his persona mm. that he has a strong suit game. Some guys, like Mike Bray at Notre Dame, wear a mock turtleneck, which went out about 20 years ago. But, hey, it works for him. I think there's a level of comfort involved in here that if you do go to a tailor, you can be comfortable in a suit, but you don't wear the uniform like a baseball manager does. Uh, you're certainly not in, in, the, in, the, in the standard black and white, black tie, uh, you know, slim fit on the side of the pitch as the football managers are over, over across the pond. Mm. To each his own. You know, like to me, it's like, look, to each his own. There's no standard way of doing it. But the NBA, though, is a little different animal. You're getting paid – Five, six, seven million dollars a year. You probably should be dressing like you're getting paid five, six, seven million dollars a year. I'll tell you this: in the year that I had my staff dress casually, I still had my tailor get them tailored fit slacks to wear with our polos that, at the time, sponsored by Adidas, were provided to us in all different arrays with our logo on them. Now, so even in the in, in the hybrid model, I yeah. still make sure my guys had slacks that fit them properly. And were cuffed right and, and, and felt and broke right, if you will. Let's make that so that example. if we ever did want to wear our red boat shoes, yeah. that they pop. No worries, they pop. Let's make that the takeaway. Uh, there was a guy called uh, Raphael Varan, coach. He's the center back uh, for France. He, he's over the last sort of decade. He's he is certainly for France and um, for France. He is the preeminent. He's certainly in the top five preeminent uh, center backs. And he pitched up at a little company called Manchester United, who used to be good at football or soccer back in the day, with the least tailored suit I have ever seen. Now, uh, Paulo Diaz and Senzo Sitebe are Manchester United fans. My first thing that I noticed was that his suit looked like, you know, when somebody buys a, a sweater for their dog, you, you know those people? He looked like he'd done that. Mm -hmm. he, he bought it at the same store where you buy a, uh, like a sweater for a dog, and he looked terrible. If you wear a suit and take this from a man who hasn't worn a suit in 18 years, get it tailored. We're like, oh, you and get it tailored. Why would you ever be rich and not have a tailored suit? It's what are we doing here, coach? So thank you for that takeaway message. And that's from a, a coaching uh, sort of a, a legend, not me. I'm just saying, uh, Senza, what have you got, Paul? Do you know whose suit game was on point? Um, Robert Lewandowski yesterday. So Polish guy, um, coach, for just to let you know, uh, Levin Golski, he's the guy who's probably of the footballers right now, has the best social media game. Uh, he gets it across the board, but he's also it helps when you are in the top three best players in the world at the time. And of course, he takes himself seriously. He, unlike Rafael Varane, who's Manchester United, uh, lost to West Ham last night, by the way, coach. after Again. And this could be confusing to you when I tell you this, coach. Please know that this is a professional club. Um, Manchester United lost to young boys. Uh, about a week ago as well, which is, it, it, that's a team. That's a team from a country called Switzerland where cheese and um, skiing are more important than uh, soccer and Manchester United, who are worth a reported 
three billion dollars lost to that team. So I'm just saying I'm not trying to trigger anybody um, in the studio with that one. Okay, well, speaking of money, let's move on. I mean, I can't be on about Manchester United and how useless they are. Um, everybody should be getting a tailored suit. Before you, before oh, Paolo, you jump off pa- there, Paolo's got something. Yeah, you, you, you know, you know what's so cool about the clothing thing, and I think we like can can sort of like you know, it's it's a, it's a frivolous chat. Yeah. But what I like about it is the you know the story about tailoring the slacks and, and even the casual stuff is that I now go what level of detail wasn't coach putting into other things? So <laughs> you, you know you know what I mean. Yeah. I know as whether I'm opposition or whether I'm a player. Yeah. I know if this is what he's paying attention to that, this is now across the board elite institution. Yeah, you know, it I'm might with be you. a small thing. Yes. But it goes, that's, that's the things that make you great. So, so Paolo, that's a magnificent point. I had a coach who had a problem, and even the great Sir Alex Ferguson stayed in shape for a reason, is that's what your team's going to be. What you look like is what your team's going to be. Now, coach, if you are not seeing this, I, I do need to put this guy in context. Those are not... Uh, you're probably thinking uh, Kansas, right? And the, the sneakers. Um, unfortunately, not. Guy called Michael Jordan. That's, that's more. That's more Carolina. That's like more Carolina blue, right? There. It is Carolina blue. So I, I am. I, I need to apologize there for disrespecting you. I need to put some respect on your name. But this gentleman you're looking at here, coach, is a guy called Sinisa Mihailovic, one of the um, sort of preeminent. Uh, and in his day. He was a modern-day uh, centre-back, uh, holding midfielder, left-back, one of the best left feet to ever play football. In fact, the set-piece taker uh, for every club he was at, he made, he made his name largely at Lazio, and he was unbelievable for what we now call Serbia, uh, an, an incredible, incredible player. But he's now a coach um, like you uh, are slash were. Have a look at his outfit here, and he has only limited edition sneakers, I've been told. Um, just your thoughts on this bloke. So there's a couple things, and I, and I, lo- I love the point about not being a distraction because what are you focused on? Obviously, as a coach, you be focused on the team and the game. However, this this screams a little bit of a of a, of a post midlife crisis uh, going on here. I he's really trying. Clearly, the suit is tailored. I'm not I'm not sure that I really dig the the, the mock neck there, the the, the red uh, pocket square to, to, to match the red cap with a little bit of that red tie. Look, I'm off with little details, but th- this is a little overboard for me. What I prefer, I, I was never big, you know, I'm a basketball guy at heart. High top shoes were made back in the seventies and eighties to help and be basketball shoes. They become a little bit of a fashion statement, but I'm very much a low cut guy. Like these were low cut. I think I, I think I'd be able to rock this a little bit more right now with the high cut, the pegged pants, yeah, I think I'm struggling with this look right here. This is a little bit too much of a distraction than a statement, although I know he's really trying here because, you know, hey, it's all about the shoe game nowadays. It doesn't matter what else is going on. Well said. The two guys in studio right now would probably, you, you would get in a sort of a Bryson, DeChambeau, and Brooks situation because they completely disagree with that. But, Coach, you have just said something which you don't know. Uh, the B is in the bonnet now, especially with Senzo Sitebe because uh, of what you said there is, so I've got a rule, coach, is any man over 40, and I've said this to Paolo and I've said it to Senzo, is that if I spot either of them wearing high tops and they're dropping their children off at school, I will stop traffic and I will go to them and say, hey, no, stop it. You're over 40 years old. You will not wear high tops. <laughs> you will not wear high tops and embarrass your child 
like that. It's done now. Your best days behind you. And they don't believe me. So what you said there, you and I, I probably should have been a basketball coach and tried to have a legendary career. Paolo, Paolo seems to have something there. Oh, no, I don't have anything. I don't 100% disagree with you. But I do just contextually, you're scolding me about fashion while wearing mismatched tracksuit pants so that, i'll take it from where it comes <laughs> take it for what it is all right coach on on your end um there's something going on and, and we, we have kind of touched on it but the name image and likeness now obviously seems to be something that everybody's kind of saying and i decided you know what let me try and be kind of a professional and uh, go and look into it and then i started reading what these kids can make and i thought to myself my goodness and immediately for me um, it went here. I thought to myself, I love that. And I think, you, you know, the kids, we understand that a lot of the kids, particularly on the football side and basketball, I guess, come from homes where, my goodness gracious, uh, you, you know, we think we know poverty and uh, we know it maybe in the book, but they come from those types of homes. So I understand that the money can be generational and life-changing for not just the player, but for other people. And the NCAA obviously has profited for, for years off the back of the players is what some people might argue. But immediately, because I'm a conservative person, my mind went to this, and I'd love to hear your thoughts, is that there are two things I worry about. The development of young men and, and women. So just as people, to be uh, sort of servants to society, and I, I don't mean that they need to go and work for government, but we are all, uh, in, in some sense, servants to society if we are alive and we function in society. But the development of their character as people and then obviously if you're in basketball or American football is you need fundamental skills so that at the top level, coach, I'd imagine the last thing Budenhoser wants to be doing in the NBA is teaching fundamentals. It's hard enough to keep a billionaire at bay from firing him is that I need you to arrive in the NBA, right, with at least the fundamental skills, fundamental, and we can work and sharpen and polish. But you can't get to the NBA or the NFL still needing to be um, taught fundamentals, can you, coach? And I, I worry that those things will suffer because players may focus on building the brand and getting that bag. And I'd love to hear your thoughts. It's such a difficult conversation. There's a couple of things to, to start off with there. And to Paulo's point about <clears throat> staying focused on keeping the main thing the main thing, that's from a collegiate standpoint. Mm what the higher level guys are going to be worried about that the players may be more concerned with their deals than they are with their performance. That being said, the point you made MKT about the NBA, the NBA doesn't even care about the NCA. They're not because it's a business. It's a separate business. They're going to get the best players. And even if colleges have done certain things physically or mentally to prepare these kids, the NBA still thinks they can do better and change them. It's always been that way. It's a, it's a very, very small percentage of the overall uh, available pool of players, at least from the NCA standpoint. Of course, now most of the bad, better players are coming from international as it is anyway. Just look at what happened with what's happening at the very highest levels, minus a few guys with Giannis, with Luka, with Jokic. They're international players. So the NBA is always going to be able to go globally to get their 1% fill. As it relates to what's happening with the NCA, we're just in the middle of a complete shift of how that's always operated and how it's always operated with the older uh, you know, senior uh, administrators running this whole thing and taking the lion's share of the money. And then the media rights came and made money even more available to those people. This has always been on the docket for the last 20 years. They knew this time was coming. We're just going through a shift right now. The best place to be in is to be a college athlete right now. 
because this is an unregulated territory and you can go out and get whatever you want because technically the schools themselves aren't empowered to to regulate and monetize these deals for you you're supposed to be doing them kind of on the side but there are clearly schools memphis basketball being one of them <laughs> who are who are the only game in town really and supported yeah. you know by by fedex yeah. who are putting together deals for these guys and you know what great more power to them we're just going through a transition right now that really is not going to get sorted out until there's a collective bargaining agreement a unionized ability on the player's side and it's going to be an employer employee relationship yeah. and very much a minor league for the for the basketball and football what will get weeded out are the other sports that we deemed Olympic sports, but basically anything but basketball or football that were feeding off the finances of those two sports. Now they're going to be left pretty much to their own devices to kind of get their own money. It won't come from the school. It's just how I feel it'll shake out. No. As it relates to the student-athletes, look, right now those average deals are under $1,000. Yeah. Over half of them are going to non-basketball and football players anyway. So that's great. That's exactly what the, what the intent should be. But we're just going through a transition right now. Three, four, five years from now, it will look completely different than it did before. The key factor in all this, and I'll leave you with this, and we can talk about this again as it relates to Kansas, as you mentioned, is if the NCAA tournament in its current structure remains the same. That will be the breaking point for the whole model to go completely to a minor league system because it's for basketball, but it funds 99% of non-basketball-related activities for the other sports. Mm. That's where this business model is set up. That's in, de- in jeopardy of getting broken up by the higher level schools right now. And to be quite honest, the lower level Division One schools are a little bit weary of that because that always gives them a chance to make that tournament, win a few games, and then reap all the benefits that come with that exposure. So, so now I, I have to ask you on that point because I think that's a terrific point. Is that are we now uh, creating a, a Super League, which already kind of exists anyway, now, within, within that, what, because, uh, you know, Saban and them, they're going to have a good time. Texas, they'll just, all right, we, 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 we didn't need you anyway. We've got our own television network. I, I was reading they're turning over close to half a billion anyway. So, so what happens now, like you say, what happens to Oregon? You, you know, of course, they got Nike and, and, and all of those guys. But what happens, uh, what happens to the so, sort of academic Christian schools, which are on the cusp? They cost a lot. They're small schools. Uh, you know, wh- wh- what do we do there? And does that break the entire model? And does that work in your opinion going forward? Well, I mean, there's going to have to be some sort of revenue sharing. And really where they're going to have to figure it out is where the multimedia rights and even the OTT rights come in for these players because they can own a lot of their own content before they get to college. And in my estimation, this is the key point. If recruitable players that have a brand individually before they get to a certain college are able to monetize that. Cause let's be honest, what's happening now is not really NIL. It's multi-level marketing. They're, oh. they're giving deals to influencers that are college athletes, giving them cause they're allowed to, and then letting them monetize off resale of particular items. Like there was a, a group last week that gave football players the ability to customize jeans for $500 and then resell their, their designs and have a cut of that. Where I where I would be wary is of how these deals are structured if there's no legal entity involved to protect the future rights. There it is. There I do believe this. Sorry, coach. I just want to say that no, you. I, 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 I do. I do believe that 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 what's happening. And again, this this could be a whole show for us in, in down the road. In 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 DeFi and in blockchain and in the, in the ability to to put together smart contracts that protect the entities for perpetuity and are able to be plug and play along the way. 
Because let's be honest, if a kid at Oklahoma State gets a car because he's deemed to be the best player before he even plays, if it's an incentive-type NIL deal to get him to go to Oklahoma State, which whether it was or not, what happens if it doesn't work out and he transfers or he leaves, which, by the way, is now an open market? You used to have to transfer and sit out a year. Now they're letting the kids, rightfully so, transfer without penalty. Well, do they take those deals with them? Is that written in? There's a lot of euphoria and excitement about, oh, you're coming here. Let me get you a car because I'm a big supporter and this is my car dealership. Come do a few appearances and you get to ride around in a brand new orange car. Well, do you take that to Ohio State when you transfer? Is it built in to have protection? There's going to be a lot of a lot of carnage in this, I think, before it gets sorted out. And, and really, the NCA has to release and relinquish their old way of doing things under the guise of amateurism to know this is now really a fully-fledged business and you yeah. have an employer-employee relationship. So and I, tell you I hope what, the kids don't get punished out of that in the end. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, before I uh, send has something for you, but i got to tell you, as you were speaking, I just thought, oh, boy, oh, boy, now the sharks are circling. Because, hey, where there's money, there are agents. Uh, they call themselves middlemen, and they, they, they wear uh, most of oh, yeah. them better suits than Rafael Varane, mostly tailored because they got to look good. Or if you're rich, poor, <laughs> you just wear all the bling in the world and the most ridiculous sweaters in the world. But uh, shout out to him and LeBron's guy as well. He, I mean, he's done his own thing, and I, I do want to give rich, poor credit. But, wow, his, his, uh, he dresses like he, he – he looks like a frustrated rapper, that guy, huh? He, he, he looks like he would just he he's has leveled no, up. He, he, he's on the dating he's on the dating scene now. Rich Paul has taken his, his dating game to a whole nother oh, level. Oh, uh, has he is he is he booed up now? What's the story? Oh yeah, you have, we we got to get into the relationship game now on our on our next call. Okay, well, now. Well, okay. Shout out to to Rich uh, winning on and off the pitch or, or, or on and off the court. Uh, but just just before I hand it to Senzo, uh, Coach, uh, one thing I wanted to say there was now the Sharks now. What do we do about an even scarier world is that there's something called high school before college now because uh, we kind of have this here with rugby in our country and they don't know what to do because there's stuff happening in South African schoolboy rugby. It's the most professional element within Africa as a sport, by the way. In high school, the rugby is unbelievably professional. But let me ask you this, coach. How do you regulate, like you said, now the high school kids, what are the, the agents are smart. What are they going to do? They're going to now start going to, hmm, he's 12 and he looks like there's something going on there. And if the Sharks are allowed to go directly to them, whose job, does that become a state regulation? Does that become a school regulation? Who stops the agent from getting to the kids at 12? No, it's a great point because we've always operated with these kids under the guise of them being prospective or or potential student athletes, PSAs. Yeah. And, and and there there was a level of concern when we started recruiting these kids earlier and earlier just for the sake of recruiting them. And and it went from uh, their senior year to their junior year to their sophomore year where you can start to contact them or send them correspondence. You can see them play at any point if they were in, in, a, in, a, in a viewing uh, period, even in as early as eighth grade. When I was at UCLA, we, we had an eighth grade kid commit to us because I thought that he'd be, you know, he ended up not coming in the end. So there was really no honor to the commitment other than there was a, a semi-relationship built. Um, but to your point now, on the other side of that, regardless of the recruiting from the coaches, you've got third-party engagement of this. And really what it's done is open that window up under the guise of setting up NIL deals that clearly there's going to be relationships built there yeah. that will lead to an agent relationship, which is exactly what they wanted to uh, stop and curtail. So now they've, they've clearly opened this door up to be more of a business relationship. Look, if you're in a business and, and, and you're a professional, you have every right to have someone represent you, whether it's legally, whether it's marketing-wise, whether, whether it's contractually. So 
this is just all part of it in, in my mind. I think I think exactly what you mentioned will, will start to, to to expand out that once they establish that this is a working relationship, that there's an employer employee relationship, whatever the whatever the terms are, even if the scholarship is still involved, it's part of the contract. There's no there's no letter of intent because you're going to get a scholarship. Yeah, there's going to have to be a contract involved. Wow. Here. There's going to have to be some sort of contract involved. And, and, and I, I still think that they can maintain the level of ability to gather players together for the sports, whether they go on to the actual professional level, NBA, soccer, baseball, basketball, whatever it may be, football remains to be seen. I think that'll, that'll remain. But in terms of the college model, the amateur model, it's literally on the, on the, on the out right now. We're just going through a period of, of discovery of how it's going to all flesh out. But it's it's a great time to be an athlete right it now because no one's telling you no. Get the bag. No but, one's telling you no. Go out and do whatever you want. Ask for forgiveness later. Yeah. And I just hope that these kids understand that the tax man will still come for you if there's a deal with the businessman out there because those guys are running a business. And if you default on that, whether it's by performance or by not showing up, they will come after you. There will be some repo men that are going to be in business. They want to pick these cars up in the middle of the night. Then you're going to have to say, I was late for class because some guy took my car. And I didn't take your car. You didn't live up to your contract. Now you go back to Powell's point. Yeah. Now we're completely distracted from the task at hand, which is you're supposed to be there playing. Um, Jay Keats says, uh, that's a Rich Paul Buhent, uh, <laughs> not a shout-out from America. All right. Well, we're clearly, we're clearly not Adele fans on this show. I mean, that, that, that's, that's the one thing. I mean, like Rich Paul goes up and booze up with Adele. Like, at, what? You know, the, guy's, the guy's got to come up now. He's... Not only is he one of the, one of the best agents out there, but he's now flirting around, running around Beverly Hills with Adele. You all get out of town! Literally, that is breaking. Did I just, did I just break news on this show and, and, and across the pond. Oh, you? oh my goodness! Well, what was the what was the what was the hit? Uh, it'll come to me now from the first uh, from that first album. Hello. There you go. Hello. So, sing the rest. Yeah, no, you you were. Hello from the other side. I think that was you from know the what's oh my good, that Okay, just, we, we got to shut this down quick. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, pa, pa, what you got, Paolo? No, the only thing worse than that song is people singing that song. Yeah, I'm not Adele. Hands on my But coach, you said exactly what I wanted to say because now if people are profiting, if the schools are profiting uh, and they have to pay the players, there's an employee employer relationship so now the ncaa are going to act as the taxman because if they all fall under the umbrella of ncaa the ncaa has to get its cut and the taxman needs to get his cut. cut so no, exactly. I, I think there's a they're bigger gonna, worry than the try. ncaa yeah like at some stage joe biden's point. guys come, come knocking well the ncaa is going to try that, that's a great point because they clearly have lost grip on how to handle this and, and it's not looking good for them right now so they're clearly going to try to keep their cut because there's a lot of guys been in that business for a long time taking that cut without any, any distraction. And now mm. that this is a distraction, then they're going to try. I, I'm really going to be fascinated about how and all of this gets this gets fleshed out. They've kind of pushed it off to the conferences, yeah. to the schools. Which is why you see a lot of these schools now, okay, Texas and Oklahoma got ahead of this because now re- regionality doesn't matter anymore. You know, you have to have financial alignment. It doesn't have to be regional alignment. In the past, conferences were set up on a regional alignment. And that still makes sense in part, but you're also not busting and taking commercial flights to games. So with, the, with, with all private planes making time zones irrelevant, regional alignment is not as important as financial alignment right now. And that starts with football, goes to basketball, 
media rights, who owns the media rights, who gets a share of the media rights. I'm, I'm looking forward to the first player that at, at any level, basketball or football, comes in with a pre-existing uh, NIL level, you know, uh, following social media presence, if you will. Yeah. And basically says, I'm not wearing your name on my jersey when I play. I'll wear the colors, yeah. but I'm not putting your name on my jersey, and I'm not going to let – I need a piece of that because I'm the one on the field. That's really where the, where the crux of this comes, not from the marketing deals that they're doing. It's the media rights and sharing and the content that can be put into perpetuity to develop that content that the players are the ones producing. Oh. And by the way, they all have about a professional level of setup of cameras, as anyone now with the iPhones and, 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 and gimbals. You can do your own production with your own guys. Coach. So your own guys can be on the sidelines making your own production. You own that content as we see what's happening in NFTs right now. You Kids got should out. start to put their highlights in yeah. their NFTs to monetize. You, you it would got be, out it would at the right everything. time. You, mm-hmm. you got out the right time because could you imagine you or like imagine Saban or Dabo Sweeney having to pitch up at some like 11 year olds uh, uh, like like tryout day. <laughs> could you imagine and you get there and he's got like his cronies around him at like 11 and it's like, hey, there, there's there's some guy to see you here. Could you imagine having to do that as a coach? Because it's going to happen, right? Make no mistake. Listen, I call him St. Nick, but let's just use one which international uh, viewers will understand is if Nick Saban thinks he will be protected from this, is there will come a point, should he coach for another five, six years, where if, uh, let's just say, we can see that Manning Jr. now is obviously just going to continue that whole thing. Archie Manning, the, the young Manning, if if Nick Saban doesn't think he's going to have to watch an 11-year-old and just pitch up because some donor has said, that is the kid we need because he's now the son of some oil tycoon. If Saban doesn't think he's going to have to do that, I, I think there's another thing coming for him. Hey, look, when he's at his press conference standing on the, on the podium, as you know, he just said, look, I got nine million reasons to keep doing this. <laughs> the, the, the day that he says, the day that he can't say that and it breaks Nick Saban, you know the NCAA is done for and it's a new, a new day, a new dawn. It will be the end of the program, as he, as he might say. Coach, I want to close out on something. So uh, you're awesome for joining us. Great Task Human shirts. Uh, maybe we should be getting some of those. Those are incredible. Um, Fit official launch coming next week, next Monday. Look for the official launch of Task Human. Or as you say over there, Task Human. There we go. <laughs> you, you said it correctly. It was a bit confusing until you corrected yourself there. But Coach, I want to finish off on this. Um, there is a breaking point, and it is financial. His name's Ben Simmons, uh, and we can talk about Ooh. it more when we come back next time. All of the armchair experts, I want to hear from somebody who's for real. Is his shot broken? Is his mind broken? And will the 76ers be able to convince him to come back after what him and Rich Paul with his terrible sweaters and now obviously Adele probably recording an album to have uh, Kendall Jenner or whoever uh, Ben Simmons has with him because uh, he's also booed up in the whole situation and the whole uh, entanglement with, with the Kardashians. He's in that mix. Kanye is about to get out of that. But will Ben Simmons have to come back? And if he doesn't come back, it's something I've always never under- quite understood about basketball. Do they need to pay him if he sits out as he threatens to do? $33 million. Well, I'll tell you what. The Sixers aren't in a good spot because this is an all-star. You know, this is a guy that they've invested a lot of time and money into that clearly has deficiencies in his game. And and true to form in this day and age, deficiencies get heightened more more than your strengths. I mean, you're expected to have those strengths when you're paid $33 million or so and you're an all-star. I think the damage has been done. I, I don't know 
if the Sixers can get him back. I think Ben came out and said, I'm not going back there. These contracts are so ironclad and tilted towards the players. It's a player's league, obviously, that I can't imagine they'd have to pay him that. There'd be some sort of default or penalty in that. But the thing that really fascinates me is where is he going to end up? You know, I think he's been so dissected right now. Are, are we going to be able to get him to play at any level uh, or the level that we need him to? So there's a specific fit because of the fact that he has struggled shooting the ball. Great defender, great passer, but no confidence in shooting the ball. So I'm, I'm really, I'll be really curious to see what how this fleshes out with the Sixers, but more so who else really steps up to say that we do want him on the roster. I'll tell you what happens, Coach. Uh, th- thank you so much for joining us. He, he goes to um, the next place, and um, immediately Rich Paul goes, uh, never mind, uh, what did Adele say? Never mind, I'll find someone like you. I don't know if you know that song. He might pitch up <laughs> <laughs> and just, uh, we're getting out of town and uh, wherever they go next. That Ben Simmons thing, that's a situation because, or, I mean, he, he's, wow. That, that, and the problem is, like you say, $33 million. I don't care who, who you are and how rich you are, is you're not letting $33 million sit at home. Well, it's also a big hole for the Sixers if he's not on the roster. I mean, he, again, this this I think what's kind of fell through is the fact this guy's a multiple-time All-Star. I mean, he's one of the best players in the league. He's just limited in doing something that most All-Stars can do, which is shoot the ball. You know, especially with the way the game is played right now, which is all threes or, or nothing, right? So it's just the cycle that we're on and how the game is being played. Layups, dunks, and threes, nothing in between. He really, and famously last year, gave up a layup. Like his oh. confidence to see the ball go in the basket is shot. Now, I have my own track on that in terms of being able to try to make guys better free throw shooters through consistency. And look, when you get to that level, you're clearly able to do that. I think this is more of a confidence and a mental thing with him than anything else. Because, hey, look, also in the advent of social media, Everybody publicizes and puts all their off-season workouts up for everybody to see, whether they're actually workouts or not. Yeah. And it's not like it was any type of editing. He's making these shots when the pressure is off. This is clearly a mental issue with him when the people in the stands, when the game is on the line, that he can't translate that into the ball going in the basket. So I don't know if it's necessarily broken as much as it hasn't been incorporated properly. And this is a delicate balance of coaching superstars, of coaching lottery picks. Yeah. You almost don't want to do too much with them because they've proven they can be that stature. And the NBA is very protective, even on other teams. The entire league is protective of lottery picks, especially top five picks. Wow. Great to hear from you. He's from Australia, huh? Old Ben Simmons. Where is he from again? Yeah. Yeah. Australia. I mean, it's going to happen with Australians. Eventually, when you need them, they will let you down, coach. Um, it's, It's going to happen. Tell the NBA to stop signing them. I mean, Kyrie Irving, obviously, raised in Australia as well. Look what he's turning into. Um. Maybe the 76ers need to send him back to Wollongong or Kookaburra or wherever he's from and uh, and just move on. I mean, at some stage, you've got to say, if you cannot shoot the basketball as the point, I mean, Ben, that's going to be difficult. I, I like that you can block and lead the league in sh- in uh, steals for that one season, but I'm going to need you if you're the point to shoot the ball, pal. You know what I'm saying? Got to put it in the basket. You got yeah. to hey. be a or else you're easier to guard that way. It, it, that's a good life policy. You gotta put it in the basket. Let's leave it on that note, Coach. Shoot your shorts. You gotta put it in the basket. <laughs> I kind of like that, Coach. You're amazing. Um, I hope you have a fantastic day. Um, if you if you are gonna play golf, please do not be shy to send me a WhatsApp or a direct message. I'll obviously uh, as I, I could play the whole course with a hybrid, just so you know. So as again, the, the hey, course shout, plays me. I don't shout out to my mom. Shout out to my mom. Got her first hole in one last week. 
uh, avid golfer herself. So a little tip of the cap in the family. The pressure is on now. I haven't had a chance to even get close to mine yet. She uh, she put one in uh, first hole in one last week. Wow. Okay. Me and your me and your old lady. When I get there, obviously, I'll her and I will walk around hole in one. We'll wait for you at the end, coach. And and we might do a Bryson DeChambeau <laughs> thing uh, where we punch each other on a, on a golf cart. I don't know. <laughs> uh, to the boys, to everybody in the back, James, uh, welcome. Uh, who else is there? Ryan. By the way, we've got a new kid from here, uh, coach. If you have time, look up a place called Devil's Dorp. It was a massive documentary which came out about the devil entering uh, this place where James and uh, Ryan are from. So I'm pretty brave for employing those. The devil essentially took over there. It was a crazy thing. There, there was a cult. There were murders. Devil's Dorp. Unbelievable. Both of these guys are from that place, but I'm still brave enough to employ them. Shout out to Paulo Diaz, whose cousin was actually, it was a cousin or sister, who was working or living across. There was a lot of connections. There was a lot of connections. I'm the devil. So basically, from, uh, <laughs> so the devil. Yeah. You, yeah. So his sister or cousin worked from across the place where James's people um, and Ryan's people were trying to infect the devil into his family. Senzo Sitebe. He comes from an extremely oh, expensive school where uh-huh. coach, they've never worked a day in their lives, but all of them are good people. We do have another guy in here, the Zulu tribe. If you haven't heard of them, they try to burn the whole country down. He's our floor guy. Um, that happened. They were looting and they're stealing TVs. It was crazy. It was just them, by the way. Don't, don't let anybody tell you different it was just the zulu guys if people are asking uh sipo is here as well he's our cameraman so that's the whole crew great kid and to you coach uh, absolutely honored to have you on and i'm very very grateful to everybody in here and to yourself and i look forward um to to kansas doing the right thing uh, of course in the basketball today I, I want just five-star recruits slam dunking from the halfway line michael jordan space jam bam and win everything 155 no just put it in the basket, baby. Oh, let's, ladies and gentlemen, the MKT Show, the great coach, Kerry Keating. You're a legend, sir. My name is MKT. This has been the MKT Show. But for now, we are the hell out of here. Hey, what's happening? It is your host of the most, MKT here uh, from the infamous MKT show, live on Cliff Central Sport on YouTube. Catch myself and many other passionate sports fans, enthusiasts, uh, maniacs, live on YouTube every day from 12 till 2 p.m. Central African time and from 3 to 5 live on the Cliff Central app, cliffcentral.com or wherever you may consume Cliff Central's content. In case you missed the live stream, the MKT Show is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, like, share, subscribe, be a friend, tell a friend. If you're joining us for the very first time on YouTube, hit that button. The button is below. Get involved in the comment section. This is Mbulelo Kaele Tutinta, and I approve this message. Yes, you can. Cliffcentral.com